like live live. No sweat. I'm turning off.
I can see audio input capture is running. Awesome. I can see audio input capture is running. Oh my lord, lots of feedback. Do you know who's... Is that mine? Hey folks on the stream, sorry about the SGO, that's my bad. Can you hear me now? All set. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Welcome. Sorry about the mute. It happens on every single stream, no matter what. Um, nobody is safe from this. Uh, welcome to uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored Goes Nomad. I am excitedly GMing for the very first time with this group of wonderful people. Um, ladies and gentlemen, why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves 
uh, uh, going through like the alphabetical order before, um, and I will be pasting in our social media links if they have been shared. So, uh, Captain Mark, you want to go ahead and start us off? Uh, yeah, sure. Hi, um, Captain Mark. Been streaming for a little while. Just random stuff on Twitch now. Um, played TTRPGs for. God, what year is it? Because it feels like 10 since last year, right? <laughs> I've been playing since sort of the early 2000s, and then I was into it as a kid. There was a gap. Early 2000s, about 34. So. Um, Cyberpunk 2020 was the first tabletop game I ever played. So when I heard about the Red announcement, I was over the moon. Um, got into Cyberpunk Uncensored, found Rob stuff. Um, via youtube and uh, facebook and whatnot and um yeah found myself here thanks for having me awesome thanks for introducing yourself captain mark uh chuggy you are up next hey i'm uh chuggy i'm playing one of the nomads the fighter pilot uh been playing role-playing games uh about 10 years had a big gap like uh captain mark there but uh, stream D&D and Cyberpunk as well. Just happy to be in the game. All right. Oh, I see my mic's a little quiet. There we go. That should be a little bit better. All right. Thank you, Chuggy. Uh, I've got your uh, socials posted up on there as well. Um, Donna, go ahead. Everyone, um, and, uh, my name is Raven. Uh, you've seen me on other streams, uh, or on another stream by Reservoir Panda. I've played um, Cyberpunk 2020 growing up in high school. I was very happy when when I saw some uh, Cyberpunk uh, Red and 2077 pop up, and kind of reinvigorate my my interest in it. Um, I really like the game and. Uh, I'm happy to be part of the, the, this next career. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Johnny Drop. Hello, hello. Yeah, um, I am a bit of a social media ghost. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not really active on a lot of, a lot of the social medias. Um, but uh, gotten to tabletop RPGs a few years back and uh, this is uh, my first time taking part in like a full cyberpunk campaign, so I'm super excited for that. Super excited to be here. Feel really lucky. So yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for uh, giving this opportunity. Yeah, no worries. Happy to have you here. Um, our next up is going to be Vampire Bites. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, well, Vampire Bites. Um, I've been playing Cyberpunk Red for not quite a year now um i found cyberpunk uncensored through their streams with various uh youtube stuff love the stuff that rob's done involved with the discord and ended up jumping on this this game i also run a game of my own on my channel on sunday nights um and oh the uh if i post uh game in the cyberpunk uncensored discord I'm one of the one of the three GMs for that too. Awesome, awesome. Violent Neon. 
Hey everybody, I have been a fan of and playing tabletop role-playing games since about 98 and uh, became a fan of Cyberpunk with the release of the card game in 2003, which didn't go anywhere, but it was still a great game. And I've been a fan of Red since its release. I ran a game a little bit, and this is going to be my first live stream. So I look forward to uh, joining all of you. And I don't really have any of the uh, social media things anymore. No worries. I'm glad to have you guys all here. Excellent to have everybody here. I am been super excited. I've been super jazzed for this. Uh, similar to uh, uh, Donna and Vampire, uh, I'm also in Reservoir Panda's absolutely excellent um, streams. Uh, we go on Fridays in the U.S. and in Taiwan, where I'm at, we are on Saturdays. And this is also my... Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is my first time streaming as a streamer themselves, um, other than being involved in Vampire's, or sorry, not Vampire's game, that's tomorrow, um, other than being involved in uh, Reservoir Panda's game. Now, um, pardon the crinkling, somebody mentioned that we've got a little bit of an echo, so I'm going to plug in my headphones. Give me one second. These are brand new, so I gotta get these on real quick. All right, they're not working. I'll have to set that up in another time. I'm sorry. Um, so um, one of the things that I wanted to mention for our game before we start off is uh, I, I talked about this on our Discord server, is that this game involves some mature content, some mature themes, uh, as well as... Um, some language that we're going to be dealing with as well as uh, some situations that we're going to be dealing with that are a little bit more adult in nature. Uh, one of the big things that Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, has always advocated is making sure that this is clearly stated out at the very beginning uh, to make sure that everybody in the community, everybody who's watching and everybody who's involved is aware of that. Uh, so in our game, we're going to be seeing um, Violence, we're going to be hearing language, we are going to be dealing with adult situations in regards to uh, sex. Uh, we're going to be experiencing quite a bit together as a team. Uh, but one thing that I've made sure to state out very clearly is that uh, during the entirety of this, I will not be allowing or using any form of racial or derogatory slurs. I will not be dealing with any situations that involve the degradation of any groups of people, um, and I will not be tolerating that either as a GM. Um, I set this out as part of our 
recruitment information, actually, to make sure that people were aware and comfortable with that. Uh, but what I'd like to do is I'd like to go through with each of you and see, is there anything else that uh, you want to take note of or that you think needs to be brought up or mentioned specifically? Um, so we'll go in uh, reverse order this time around. I know our cameras are a little bit off right now, um, but um, Violent Neon, go ahead and start us off. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much on the same page as long as uh, we abide by those. The, the one that I do have is uh, because of some stuff in my history, I and even though we're going to be playing Nomads in the Badland, there's going to be vehicle combat, I'm okay with all of that as long as we can do kind of a similar to where some violent things happen, we kind of do an an overview of it, not going into in-depth. Uh, so, and as long as there's no like videos of car crashes or anything like that, I, I can't do that. But like describing a car crash, I can. That that's okay. Um, but yeah, that that's that's about what I have because yeah. And I, I talked about that with you already. So. Yep. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that we discussed a little bit earlier, um, and one of the things that I want to uh, bring up, just like Violent Neon mentioned, is that when it comes to violence, we're not going to be doing any extreme or excessive violence. We're not going to be using um, absolutely disturbing things that would turn off anybody's stomach. Um, same thing for our uh, car combat and our car accidents, as Violent Neon just mentioned. Uh, there will be car combat. Uh, this is a nomad campaign after all, so there's going to be a lot of car combat. Um, but when it comes to the accidents, everything's going to be uh, narrative. When it comes to the violence, everything's going to be narrative. I'm not going to be putting any graphic material on the screen uh, for individuals to view because that would not be appropriate. Um, so I'm right there with you, Violent, and I'll be I'll be keeping that in uh, definitely keeping that in mind. Okay, um, vampire. Vampire? Oh, you're muted. Yes, I am. Twice during uh, I think everything that you said originally uh, it covers everything that I would consider a red flag, um, just with special attention to you know violence against children and children being in adult situations. Uh, is you know that's that's a gloss over. I mean, yes, this is fiction, and it's a violent world, so it's going to happen. But a gloss over should be sufficient. Most definitely, yeah. Uh, that's something that I consider uh, consider pretty pretty excellently done by Rob. Um, Rob has always made sure to, if there is any form of situations where there is violence being used or there's sex being used, uh, he uses the fade to black, and I love that. Uh, it, it works perfectly, um, and it's a similar style to even what I do uh, for my games. Um, as some of my players who are in chat uh, already know, um, one of the things that I will be doing, just like uh, just like Rob, because I took that lesson from him, is I will be uh, allowing you guys to narratively approach any form of like, oh my gosh, like you just you just killed this person. How did you do it? I love how Rob did that, and I'll be instituting that in my game as well. 
Um, so that will give the, the, the level of violence or the level of uh, what is acceptable or comfortable up to our actual game players instead of just me. Um, so yeah, awesome. Thank you, Vampire. Uh, Johnny Drop, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I, I, everything that's been laid out so far is uh, pretty much uh, totally in line with what I'd be comfortable with. Um, I don't think I really have anything to add. Okay, awesome. Uh, let's see. Next up is Donna. How about you? Somewhere. Um, everything, everything's pretty much been covered what uh, I would be concerned with, so um, I don't really have anything to add. Okay. And uh, Chuggy. I agree with everything uh, so far. Uh, I can't really think of anything in particular that uh, I think I could add to that. Okay. And uh, Captain Mark? There we go. Um, yeah, all in line with what I'm comfortable with and, and what I do running a game myself. Um, we did sign the thing is, and I would like to bring up that on the contracts that we signed, I asked for a thousand brown M&Ms in a bowl to be on this stream, and I have no M&Ms, quite, quite frankly. I'm not kidding. I'm good. I do. Thank you. They got sent, they, I think they got sent to the wrong person because I have these M&Ms uh, and I, I thought, I was like, why did I get M&Ms and I threw them away? So I hope you're not mad. When, when I, when, I mean, when, when I say what role I'm playing, that joke will make a thousand percent more sense. But yeah, it's all good. Um, that sounds fantastic to me. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, well, um, with with that uh, that aspect out of the way, as I have discussed with a couple of other GMs, this is a, a pretty important uh, first step that a lot of different campaigns and a lot of different GMs and DMs may just kind of skip over or assume that is already agreed upon. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that uh, we, we talked about it um, and also to make sure that the viewers and our audience are comfortable with that as well. Um, now, when it comes to the game itself, um, I'm, I'm running through a, a mental checklist right now. Uh, when it comes to the game itself, I kind of introduced it on our Discord as well as on Facebook in a uh, pretty specific way. Um, one of the things that I uh, mentioned to everybody who was applying in um, was that we needed to be comfortable with outside sources, not just the main core rulebook. And the reason for this is because our stream, uh, something that I'm hoping to be able to do um, continuously over our campaign, our stream is going to be including user and community generated content. So one of the big pieces of this content is the, uh, the Vehicles of Red, which um, I wrote, uh, spent a couple of couple of months working on that and trying to get all those specifics in tow. And I am very proud of it. Uh, but at the same time, I know it's not the only kind of user content out there. And so other stuff that we're going to be bringing in is we're going to be using some of the content that's actually made by Vampire Bites. He's been very, or sorry, they've been very generous. Uh, in regards to uh, making the Nomad Night Market, uh, putting together a Night Market Generator, as well as very soon creating um, 
the nomad market with the vehicles of red resources included in it, which will be absolutely awesome. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Vehicles of Red is, uh, what this was is this is something that I put together to try and make vehicle combat and the Nomad role and the tech role a little bit more exciting uh, in regards to getting vehicles built into the game. Um, and this is where I actually need to approach and apologize for Artel, or sorry, to Artel Sorian. Um, Artel Sorian in the core rulebook talks about how rare vehicles are. And I, for one, interpret Cyberpunk Red as a universe where vehicles might be rare in, like, the combat zone, but in the main city, in the Corpo districts, out in the wastelands, oh, there's going to be vehicles everywhere. Especially when we look at the world of Cyberpunk, Vehicles have always been a huge aspect of it, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote Vehicles of Red, was to get those reincorporated back into the game. That's one of the reasons why I absolutely love the resources that were put together by Wisdom Triple Zero, Wisdom Zero Zero Zero, also known as Data Fortress 2020, because I literally was introduced to Cyberpunk 2020 thanks to Data Fortress. So this is my shout out to him. He did an absolutely excellent job. I can see Captain Mark um, as well as Vampire Bites. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a wonderful resource. And if any of you have uh, no idea what it is, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about it, I'm going to drop the link right now. It's www.datafortress2020.com. Okay, I recommend everybody go check out his resources there. They're absolutely excellent. And I will be bringing some of his stuff into this game world as well. Oh, okay. Our cameras went a little crazy for a second. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up is when it comes to our maps. Uh, somebody who I've been working very closely with, um, he's called Red Dragon on Discord, also known as Valstoys. Uh, he has uh, been working with me quite a bit lately to not only teach me how to make maps, but also to make some absolutely excellent maps, huge ones as well as small ones. But no matter what, the detail and the love that he puts into them has always made them stand out to me. And so we're going to be using almost exclusively his maps. Um, another uh, shout out that I wanted to give is actually in regards to the shirt I'm wearing right now. Um, you guys can see right now I am wearing, it's called Outworld Sounds. I've been working and streaming with them for a couple of months now. An absolutely amazing couple, um, Kate and Max. They are the duo behind Helix Code who will be providing our future music for our sessions. Um, as well as giving us a wonderful ambient soundtrack to kind of animate our world a little bit more. Um, and with that being said, I want to let all of our community members out there know is that, hey, if you've written something or you've got some ideas, make sure to toss them our way. We'd love to take a look, post them up on uh, the website, and possibly bring them into our game world. So if you are ever curious about uh, creating your own supplements, adding in some extra gameplay, some maps, weapons conversions, whatever it is, don't hesitate. Come on over to our Discord channel, which is going to be linked up in our 
<clears throat> in our Twitch chat and will be dropped into the YouTube video as well. And don't forget to check out the website. It's www.cyberpunkuncensored.com. This is where we hold all of our resources. This is where you can see anything that we post. And you guys can use them in your own games as well. Okay, so that all out of the way, a lot of talking on my end about what's going to be brought in. Um, what I want to talk with everybody that's playing with me right now is I want to know about what is your kind of play style? How do you see yourself integrating into this world? A nomad world? Wasteland? A city? Where do you see yourself in this world? And uh, go ahead and introduce your characters to us as well. Okay, so we're going to go through our alphabetical order. I'm just going to be switching it around, mix it up a little bit. Um, so Captain Mark, go ahead, introduce your character for us, and uh, tell us where your character lies in this world. Oh, yeah, I mean, you pitched Nomad Campaign. Going to be doing a lot of driving cross-country. So naturally, I decided I'm going to be a rocker boy. <laughs> um, his name, uh, Devilish Jack Holmes. Very much, he's um, well, he forgets when he was born most of the time. Uh, he's probably around 60 something, but he's mostly forgotten. There was a lot of drugs at some point. Um, Jack was, he is in his 60s, he was born in the 80s, and um, he's the definition of been there, done that, and lost a t shirt in a hedge somewhere. Um, he was a star once, once, several decades ago. Um, now he mostly spends the royalty checks when he can be bothered to pick them up. Drugs. And um, I think when we when we start our game, he's going to have taken a a, a, ma a major turn in his life that would lead him to join the rest across. Our, uh, our our nomad campaign across the United States and uh, maybe beyond. Um, me as a player, uh, I always put RP first. Um, there was no way I would be playing a rocket boy uh, on a vehicle combat oriented game if I didn't. Um, so I yeah, I mean I, I I never I never roll a character that is just a 100% gimmick. Um, he's going to be able to hold his own. He's going to be able to survive. There will be a role for him in the group, definitely. Uh, but he can see him probably doing a lot of the talking, maybe. Um, I'm not shy about RPing. I do voices. I've, I I was a DM on a D&D stream for a long time, so I have no problem with doing that. I quite enjoy it, to be honest with you. And... Um, yeah, very RP heavy, lots of gesturing uh, in front of the camera. So I apologise if that does get any nerves. But, um, but yeah, uh, excited to play a full red campaign as a player because I've only ran games for other people so far. The Forever GM uh, is finally getting to play. So again, yeah, appreciate you for having me on. Um, is there anything else I need to cover? Do you think? Anybody questions? 
Uh, no, you've got uh, you got uh, the information that we're looking for. Who are you and uh, where do you fall in in this world? And uh, we're going to be covering uh, backstories in just a little bit about building our characters yeah. together. Um, so we'll be taking care of that in a moment. Um, Chuggy, you are up. Who are you? I'm going to be playing T-Bar. T-Bar is a uh, call sign. I'm playing uh, a nomad and a... Aerial sense, though. Uh, Ex-fighter pilot. Uh, very Top Gun-esque. Uh, T-Bars is call sign. He got that from the acronym, uh, That Boy Ain't Right. Uh, as far as uh, where I fit in in the pack, I, I feel like I'm going to be a newer member of the pack. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where I will fit in. Uh as far as my actual play style, I, I haven't played a player character in a couple of years, so uh, mostly forever GM type. Uh, just like Captain, I like doing voices, but I'm really, really bad at them, so they'll probably suck. Uh, as far as uh, my actual style of play, I do tend to go for like uh, a lot of dumb jokes, puns. Stuff like that, a little bit lighthearter than when I have to actually GM a game and be serious. So as a player, I guess I'm a little more uh, goofy. But uh, I'm excited, excited to play as a player. So awesome! So we've got our uh, our nomad first nomad up in here, T Bar. Um, we've got our rocker boy, that is Devilish Jack Holmes. Now, Donna, who are you, and how do you fall into this world? I'm playing um, a, a solo named Calamity. Uh, she's a combat zoner that um, enlisted into the military, uh, conscripted um, through uh, or by way of a uh, Militech. She was um, a special ops cyborg. So um, she was uh, in the middle of a, uh, she was in a conflict and um, in one of her operations uh, was presumed killed in action. Um, she somehow reactivated and she was um, left roaming the, the wastelands and uh, with, uh, with no memory. Where um, uh, if, uh, prior to this, where, um, uh, the reason why she, uh, she has the, Call sign or the nickname Calamity is wherever she goes, chaos ensues. She's a kind of spray and pray kind of a, a character. All right, so we've got Calamity. And uh, go ahead and give us a little bit more info. What, what were you talking about there, um, about your uh, how, you, how you fall into the world again? Just because my brain's going a little stupid right now. Uh I presume that um, uh, while she was wandering with, um, uh, uh, after she reactivated, um, she was found by a group of um, uh, nomad scouts, and she was um, brought back to the to the pack. Um, uh, the the scouts rec realizing that she had no memory of um, of um, where her purpose was, they decided to bring her on board as a as um, a hired muscle or. Um, a, like muscle for the family. Okay. Awesome. And uh, Johnny Drop, what you got for us? 
Yeah, so uh, I will be playing uh, Remy Johnson, uh, a tech that was uh, born in the in the heart of Night City, uh, and it, well, in pretty dire straits, as close to the heart of Night City as you can get. Um, and uh, from that point forward, has sort of been on the run as his parents have been falling into more dire straits and uh, slowly been working his way out of the city. Uh, which is how I imagine he winds up falling into uh, into the pack. Uh, and as far as play style, uh, I do I do love to get into RP. Although I feel like uh, my character was definitely built for more of a uh, uh, sort of a usefulness as opposed to a, just for character purposes. Okay, so uh, utility, pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's the word that my brain could not form. Thank you. No, no worries. My, I, I can guarantee <laughs> that I am, I, I'm right on the level with, with brain fryer right now. I, I feel very bad for my girlfriend. I was very uh, rolling around a lot in bed last night, trying to trying to think of cool things to do and hoping and praying to God that I didn't screw something up. So, I've gotten my muted mic out of the way. So that's the first step. So we've got our tech, we've got our solo, we've got a nomad, a rocker boy, vampire bites. What do you have for us? Um, I'll be bringing Mad Mags to the table. Uh, she's the medic. Uh, she thinks of herself as the shaman of her tribe. Um, when she was very young, her edge and her parents uh, dropped her off on a drift nation um, where she and her sibling grew up with the aquatic nomads for a while until uh, her sibling decided to take off and vanish as well, uh, living the edge runner life. So she was left there by herself um, at the next port, probably Night City or whatever city these Badlands are closest to. Uh, she jumped ship and hooked up with the local land nomad clan uh, where she's been Running for a while now, learning the tools of the trade. Uh, she has a, you know, in-camp clinic with her partner. Um, you know, so there's she, she's been with the family for a while. Uh, it's like as soon as she got the uh, timing to 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 go on land after the rest of her family had already vanished, figuring that uh, um, as far as my play style, um, I like a lot of RP, um, but I do get tend to get carried away as combat. So even though I'm not a combat monkey, as far as that XP chart goes, it's probably in combat, honestly. I love RP and I try to do it as much as I can, but for honestly, it's it's going to be uh, with with the combat primary. Okay, cool. All right, so we've got Mad Mags, our med tech, and Violent Neon. Go ahead and finish this out for us. All right. Well, I am going to be playing Domino. Domino is a nomad, and he grew up kind of on the outskirts of Night City with his family, but when he was a kid, 
his parents were killed, and he uh, it was a very violent thing, and he, he got away by hiding in this abandoned, broken-down car that the next day, this nomad pack came by and decided they were going to harvest the car for parts, and they found him. So he's he's been with this nomad pack since he was a kid, and uh, yeah, he, he kind of looks up to them, and he went all about learning how to drive a car to be as useful to the family as he could be. And as far as my play style, I am going to be probably all about the role playing. So. Awesome. Uh, so we've got our, uh, our six players here. Now, this is one of the larger groups that I've actually been with um, as some of our, some of our uh, Twitch chat members already know because they've played with me in the past. Our group that we were with was at one point almost eight people, and uh, I pitied the soul of our DM. And I learned from him the very hard lesson to try and cut things down a little bit. Um, but initially, uh, when I was talking with our wonderful Rob, um, he had mentioned that the number of people really depends on the GM as well as on the group. And part of that uh, whole dependency is on the ability to work together, not only as players, but also as PCs. And so that's why I was wondering kind of where you all fell inside of this kind of game world, if you were more combat oriented, if you're role play oriented, if you're growth oriented, whatever it is. Um, that's one thing that I'm curious about as we build our characters, but later on, we're also going to build together as we're playing. So it's something that I really look forward to in the future. Um, now, the next thing that I wanted to bring up with everybody is kind of this world itself. So we, we get a feeling of how each of you get involved in uh, the Nomad Clans. Uh, we've got um, Devilish Jack Holmes. He's a washed out has been rocker boy who's kind of tried to escape the city life or the life in the spotlight as well as the life of drugs and insanity by kind of getting out there and getting out to the nomads just to get away from everything um for chuggy we have t-bar he's a former fighter pilot um he's big 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 focus on being in the air and one of the things that he mentioned is, is that he's going to be a newer member of this clan, so he's not totally sure how he's going to fall with the clan itself. But in the end, the position that he's taking up can be pretty integral for how a clan operates. Having somebody who's a pilot is usually pretty important for getting, uh, getting stuff across the wastelands. Uh, for our uh, uh, Calamity, our solo, combat combat focus solo and partial cyborg conversion borged out um, this is something that I actually worked with her a little bit on the side with uh, trying to get everything set up without making her an actual cyborg uh, because one of the biggest fears I have is if we do have a full cyborg with us what happens if they go cyber psycho that would be a little terrifying so we were talking about that. Trick calamity. That set up. Try that again. That's where calam. That's where calamity would come in. Exactly. The name. Yes, causing the calamity. 
Uh, we've got uh, Johnny Drop. Now, I totally, I think I, I, I just completely missed out on it. What was your PC's name one more time? Remy Johnson. Remy. Okay, so we've got Remy Johnson, a tech that's been dealing with some absolute insanity in the city, just trying to escape this city itself. Uh, go out and live a little bit more laid back, a little bit more comfortable life. And uh, I was talking, I was talking with him as well about kind of what are his plans in the future. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, the kind of stuff that he's going to be making as our resident tech. Um, Vampire Bites already knows, uh, and uh, Donna already knows that I'm involved in Panda's game, and in Panda's game, I am the tech in there as well. But the only thing that I've been capable of so far is uh, streaking through a park naked. Not so much a tech role. Uh, so <laughs> I'm hoping to uh, hoping to get more in tech in the future. Um, we've got our next up here. Our next is Mad Mags, our med tech. Um, as uh, Vampire Bites mentioned, uh, Mad Mags is supposed to be more like a shaman, somebody who is, uh, I'm guessing, very, um, what would that be called? Alternative medicine based? Or what, how would you explain that? So, yeah, um, with all the advances in modern medicine and all the history of where that those advances came from and originated from um it's you know adding the willow bark to the aspirin or wrapping the aspirin in willow bark for an extra punch so very much cognizant of modern tech very educated very scientific mm -hmm. but also knows its history um and also likes some mind expanding experiments too gotcha. i'm just gonna note that down Mind expansion. So am I. I'm gonna that down. Oh, you, you, oh, yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, has been, and <laughs> let's add in after has been, mind expansion as well. And uh, so we've got our, uh, our uh, med tech here, and then we wrap this up with Domino. Um, he mentioned that Domino is being picked up pretty early on during, uh, during his lifetime. So out of everybody here, probably, uh, uh, probably he would be the closest in towards the family, uh, depending on how Mad Mags is. Maybe, uh, maybe she's been there for a very long time as well. Um, but each of our players are all going to be involved in a clan. Now, this is something that I'm still doing research on, and I'm still trying to learn a little bit about, um, in regards to how clans work. Um, because 2020 has a wealth of information, so much out there that I'm attempting to read through. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of build this up with our players as well as with our community. Um, so if you're in Twitch chat right now, you actually have the ability to uh, chime in on some of this. And so what I wanted to ask with you all right now, as well as with our Twitch chat, um, how do you guys and girls imagine clans working in this kind of future? How do you all see this working out? If I may? Yeah, go ahead. So... Uh, I 
wanted to take a little bit of a twist on the the book description that it's a bunch of like families that have come together and i i, I want to focus on the word family i i don't necessarily like how it's being used in this description because for me family isn't blood and there's the age-old phrase that a lot of people know but don't know that it's actually a butchered version of is blood is thicker than water and that actually doesn't refer to oh the the your your blood related family is who the people matter most the original phrase was the blood of uh the coven is thicker than the water of the womb, meaning that the blood that you shed with your friends and colleagues, those people matter more than the people who brought you into this existence. And so my idea of the nomad family is a group of friends and colleagues, and some, yes, may have family that they've just incorporated into it, but they've shed blood for each other. They, they tied their their bond is thicker because of the experiences that they've shared and plan to share with the future generations of the clan. And I think, I think that that's how nomad seems to me. Um, so. Okay. Uh, what else do you folks have? Anything else to add in on there? Yeah, no, I'm just going to say that, uh, Violet, you know, you, you gave me chills with that because that is the absolute truth about family. Your chosen family will always be tighter than mm. your birth family, always. Um, and and Mad Mags is very much family centric. She is absolutely devoted to the clan. Um, they are her family now. Her original family abandoned her, and she'd still like to find them, but. It's, you know, that that's the nomad ethos is family is first. And that's her ethos because, because she learned the hard way. You're not supposed to leave your family. And her family did. So the nomads are her family now. And she's not going to leave them. So, yeah, that, that emphasis on family, I absolutely. Right. So you guys see more, more so a family of, uh, blood shed together instead of biological families. Okay, I, I would definitely agree um, in regards to that, as well as to what uh, Violent Neon had mentioned. Uh, something very important about my own family, and uh, I feel very much so what he said in the core of my being, uh, both of my parents were actually adopted. So none of my family is actually biological family, except for my mom, my dad, and my sister. Every other person in our family is a family not only of name, but also of experience. And so um, everybody that I call my family, if I call you a brother, if I call you a sister, if I say I love you, you are part of my family. Not blood-related family, but this family of shared blood, shared experience. And so I totally 100% support that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, it's uh, very happy to. I love, I love my 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 parents. I love my sister. Um, they're probably gonna. Well, my 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 sister might catch this at a later time. So, hi, Chrissy. I love you. I hope everything's okay in Arizona. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one hundred percent. Family is a pretty important uh, part, not just 
the water of the of the womb, but also the blood of the covenant. So 100%. Um, another question that I have for everybody here. Uh, one of the important differences between 2020 and Red is that Red takes place after the fourth corporate war. This fourth mm-hmm. corporate war involved nuclear weapons. It involved asteroid impacts from the space colonies and the Highlanders. It involved so much absolute calamity as well as diseases that spread around the world. Um, how would you all think that this would impact what was once the seven clans? Do you think that the clans would still be together and operating? Do you think maybe they've fallen apart? Or maybe one group has taken taken over more space than others? What do you all think? What would you guys have for that? So I see it I see it somewhere as a mix between the two, where some of the original seven were probably decimated. Um, and be and and by that, you know, hived off into smaller local family clans as opposed to major massive clans. Um, while others uh consumed some of the other groups. So you have you probably we probably have one or two big massive nations and a bunch of smaller family clans is kind of the way I see nomads in the red. And I even which kind of leads that. towards which kind of leads towards, you know, the the eventual 2077 where little groups like the backers get bought up by the snake nation, for example. Yeah. And I think that uh at this point since everything is trying to rebuild, you'll have uh other nomad clans like Again, groups of people coming together and just they, they want to get out of Night City because there's nuclear bombs going off. There's corporations controlling things. Out here in the Badlands, sure, we have to fight over gasoline but or chew too, but at least we can do it together and we can tie together and we can make a name for ourselves. And so new clans maybe arise, not necessarily every day, but maybe we'll see new ones like once a month or so. And some will make it, some won't. They'll absorb into others. Yeah, I think um, one of the rare uh, comparisons you can make between the corporations and the clans is the same thing happened to both of them at the end of the Fourth Corporate War. They splintered. I'd imagine they splintered because the only two corporations to survive the, the, the Fourth Corporate more or less fully intact, even if they were diminished in size, were the two main players, right? Aratarka and Militech. So, uh, and I'd imagine the same for the no, the nomad uh, clans. Um, you're, you're probably looking at the top two or three um, diminished in size and probably panicking, but more or less intact. And then the further down the pecking order you get, more likely more splintered. In fighting... Um, uh, like yeah. people's people's differing views of way, the way um, uh, the clan should um, uh, should take the direction of um, how things should go. So um, uh, that would cause the the splintering of the into smaller factions. That's why I definitely see things like uh, instead of major major groups, a, a bunch of more minor groups in much heavier competition for every little scrap of anything they could get. You have to fight a hundred times harder to get it with with that much competition. Okay. 
All right. Uh, so yeah, I've got, I got, I'm, I'm taking down notes right now because I want to be building this with, with, with all of you as well as our community. I've got my Twitch chat up. So if I see anything being mentioned in on there, please feel free, shout something out. If you folks have any ideas, go ahead. Um, and I actually wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to uh, Kate and Max who uh, have just joined us under Outworld Sounds. Um, want to say very happily, hello. I'm actually streaming now for once, oh my gosh. Um, and uh, I wanted to show them, just like I've showed our stream, I'm wearing their shirt right now because uh, later on we are going to be featuring a soundtrack that is exclusively written and produced by them. Um, and I am super excited to get that integrated uh, because uh, they are an absolutely fantastic uh, couple. They have excellent music. And if any of you have the time to check it out, uh, check out uh, their, uh, uh, not Discord, their um, Twitch first. So hold on. Twitch.tv backslash Outworld Sounds. Okay, if you guys have a uh, chance to join them at any point in time, they uh, not only produce their own music, but they also run what's called the Taste of the Underground, which has gotten me so hardcore into synth and retro, all of this wonderful music. Um, and uh, it's gotten me in contact with a lot of wonderful folks as well, including getting some pretty cool stickers by one of the producers called Avarice. Okay, so join us over on there. Um, now that, uh, that, that shout out um, being said, uh, one of the things that uh, I had mentioned to them and I've spoken a little bit with our players about is the fact that um, this world itself is going to be inspired by lots of different things. Um, as everybody here has probably seen uh, Mad Max, of course Mad Max is going to be one of our inspirations, um, but also there's lots of cyberpunk media out there that's going to be built into this as well. And so what I want to know from all of you is where do you see yourself taking influences or inspiration from uh, that's gonna be showing up in your character? So what's influencing your character in this game world? Let's take a second to think about that. Well, I know I mentioned right away in my intro, like Top Gun was like the first thing I thought of uh, with a fighter pilot. I kind of root for the bad guy, so I was thinking Iceman, kind of cocky. All the uh, 80s Arnold movies. I just love 80s action movies. Uh, so a lot of that. Awesome. How about the rest of you? You guys can chime in anytime. Um, yeah, I think um, approaching approaching a rocker boy in a campaign like this, um, uh, more kind of musicians that that that, that inspired the character. Um, uh, as you'll figure out probably very quickly, the initial inspiration was Keith Richards. Um, but there's a lot of you know a lot of little bits of other. Um, these sort of legendary figures almost that I don't, I mean, I'm going to sit here and sound like an old man and I don't like the new music, but you don't get those legendary figures anymore because everybody is tracked online all the time. And it's, yeah, it's very, um, it's very rare that those come along. 
Um, so yeah, definitely that um, is a little bit of a um, a gunslinger. Threw some point into um, he's, he's handy with a pistol. So um, westerns, I guess. Um, some of the more eccentric characters, um, Doc Holliday, Val, Val Kelmer's um, Doc Holliday from Tombstone comes to mind as as one of my favourites. Just um, it's it's going to take a hell of a lot out of me because I'm it's it's going to be a very uh, demanding <laughs> to say. There's one that I'm looking forward to, of course. Um, but yeah, is um, he's a very uh, he wants he can switch on and off when when he needs the attention in the room to be on him and when he doesn't um and that's what i'm hoping to be able to pull off and and, and you see that a lot in that in that performance in particular he's quiet until he's not quiet and then everybody's listening to him um yeah i'm giving myself a, quite the boulder to push uphill but hopefully i can pull it off oh, i trust you're going to do fine no worries Thank you. Val Kilmer, Mad Mags takes a little bit of her personality, uh, not so much personality, but background from Jim Morrison's story. Um, not his truth, but his story that uh, he put into music. And so um, while she's a much more modernized version um, and, you know, instead of the traditional samurai chipping in she likes the cover by the 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 metal gods so she likes more modernized versions of the classics that uh that that, that jack writes or wrote back in the day uh she likes the more modernized versions but she still tends to like some of that older stuff when it's been modernized but she takes that shamanistic approach and the the mind expansion um i i took a lot of that from um, the Jim Morrison legend, as opposed to the 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 actual history and story of Jim Morrison. I don't know where the rest of her came from yet. She she just kind of invented herself as I was making the character out. So I'll probably pull pieces of her personality uh, from the Molly Millions uh, character from William Gibson's works. Um, just because that's one of my favorite female characters in all of cyber, uh, in the entire cyberpunk genre is Molly Millions. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, Domino, his, uh, his tag Domino, he, he gets it not, not because he's eerily lucky with all things, not like the Marvel character would to admit, I'll, I'll admit, she is one of the influences. She's one of my favorite Marvel characters. But uh, it's it's more the petty mundane things, like for example, hey, we all got in the car. What what music are we going to listen to? I choose this. I choose that. Let's play rock paper scissors. He always loses those. But like if there was a firefight, if 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 lives were on the line, he somehow manages to flip a switch and things go just the way he needs it to. For that, but then the moment it goes back to casual and laid back, all the dice turn against him again. So that that's why he earned the name Domino, and he's kind of influenced. So there, there's that influence, and then I, I like all the characters from Mad Max, especially Fury Road. But I'm I'm leaning towards a 
combination of uh, Rakitansky and Furiosa in his approach to driving and handling. Like, if you remember the beginning of Furiosa, she, she turns on the truck, she gets right, and they're, they're driving, but she's, like, very becomes hyper-focused on making sure that they're able to do the run and get back with nothing lost. And that's going to be his approach. So when when they get in the car and they and they get the orders to go do this, it's game on. And then when they get back, so he, he's laid back, make sure everything works, and goes back to a casual laid back uh, not jovial but uh not off he, he's kind of he's somewhat of an introvert until you get him in his car and then he's in his element and he's he knows what he wants and can get things done awesome my thinking for for calamity where i'm drawing inspiration from are like ac action slash um, war movies so like full metal jacket um navy seals um, I blend in a little bit of um, Battle uh, Battle Angel Alita. Okay. So. Well, hopefully for the uh, Full Metal Jacket, you're not gonna go. Uh, you're not gonna go. What is it? Private Pile on us. Uh, no promises. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, for uh, for Johnny, what you got for us? Yeah, I'd say uh, Remy's character is, is in uh, sort of the realm of um, uh, Tom Waits from from uh, the Book of Eli, which is not necessarily cyberpunk, but sort of a sort of a snaky um, sort of tinkerer. He's he's very inter interested in all the gadgets you've got, broken or not. He wants what you got, and he he wants to tinker around with what you got. Um, and you know he's also got sort of this uh, sort of sly attitude about him, uh, sort of like a. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, from a from a Django Unchained. Um, Christoph Waltz. There you go. Thank you. Ah, Waltz. Yeah. Just sort of very friendly, but also, can you trust him? Who knows? Gotcha. All right, so, uh, yeah, this is just, uh, as I said, this is just looking for, like, what's what kind of inspiration is driving all of you? Because I think uh, when it comes to the cyberpunk genre, cyberpunk comes from everywhere. It's uh, noir, it's neo-noir, it's mystery, it's action, it's thriller, it's horror. It's every single kind of media that you could imagine. And uh, you guys will be experiencing a lot of those different kinds of media as well uh, throughout our campaign. So seeing like, where are you guys taking it from? And so I'm, I'm glad to see a lot of stuff on there that I actually recognize so I can get a little bit of a flavor of what's informing you. Um, now, the next part that I want to look at is going to be a little bit more structured. Um, I mentioned to our Discord before about how we're going to be running this, is that we're going to go through each of our different characters, and what I'm going to ask you guys to do is just tell us a little bit about like uh, your life path or your, uh, your, your expansion of your character. So what is a little bit of their history? 
what kind of stuff are they involved in? Uh, do they have enemies? Do they have friends? Do they have lovers? Um, and throughout this process, what we're actually going to be doing is uh, each of our players here is going to be claiming an inn. And so this inn is going to be a way to get each of our different players mixed in with each other, positive or negative. It's actually up to the players, um, but just to mix things in a little bit, because in Cyberpunk Red, it seems to be that in this huge world, it's still a very small world. A lot of people still know each other. A lot of uh, different groups interact with each other that you never thought they would interact with. And um, just to give our, uh, our audience a little bit of flavor about this, about the craziness of mixing ideas together, um, in the campaign that I just finished, we had a rocker boy, similar to uh, the craziness behind our uh, devilish Jack Holmes. Our rocker boy, though, was the exact opposite genre. Uh, he was a K-pop star in Night City. And it turned out that this K-pop star, the biggest fan base, was the most militant of all of the fan bases. Yes, uh, I've got one of our uh, one of our players in the in the chat. Our fan base was the um, oh goodness, uh, the Maelstrom, and so the Maelstrom were the biggest followers of K-pop in Night City, and so every time that uh, he would go out and do one of these K-pop concerts, half of the crowd would be filled with these borged out maelstroms and they would always follow him on the garden and social media so this big world becomes a very small world when we start mixing these different elements in and that's what i'm hoping to do with our characters and so um i'm going to uh to go through our uh players one by one get a little bit of a taste for that backstory where you come from what you are doing and then each of you um, has a chance to use two ins across everybody in the group so that we can mix everybody together. That way for um, our incoming pilot, T-Bar, he's not just going to be some random straggler who just joined a week ago. Maybe he knew, uh, maybe he knew uh, Remy or maybe even Calamity uh, from military service in the past. So who knows? Um, so with that, uh, let's start off with our rocker boy, and I'm gonna get all of our um, all of our little tags underneath. I'll get those updated for the <coughs> stream. Um, so let's start out with Devilish Jack Holmes. Go ahead and give us a little bit of a taste for your backstory. Can I just? I mean, before we do that, like the Maelstrom, Scavers, Borgware enthusiast, K-pop stands. Yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack is old, um, 60 plus at least, although his real age has been lost to the uh, all written records. Um, born, yeah, born in the 80s. So he came up as a young musician, sort of 18, 20 in the 2000s, um, right alongside you know your your, your legendary um set figures in the in the setting um silverhand people like that um and he made a name for himself as a kind of a fusion um what they would call crime rock like you know we've heard samurai that's the best example um and but with more of a blues blues edge um i'm me, Mark, in real life is, is a blues guitar player, so that's kind of where 
I'm taking that from. And um, yeah, he he's made a name for himself. He he's he played on a lot of people's records. He put out some records of his own. Um, I think the the best way to describe it, perhaps mechanically, um, you know, the the, the rocker boy uh, role um, special feature. I forget the name. Uh, the, like their special, their role ability. That's it. Um, you know, out of ten, at, at some point he reached a seven or an eight in popularity. People knew who he was. He was in big, big, big concerts, um, and then he. The, the the corporations got their hooks in a little bit. Um, he was supposed to get his big break um, right around the time the I mean would have taken him from kind of you know the Western world knows who he is to global you know um, and the big concert that never happened because of the nuke. Cut him, cut him short. Um, he. And spiraled after that. Um, he probably only survived the, f- the the fourth corporate because he had, uh, you know, he he was on the record labels. Then he had the corporate back, and they got him to safety, thinking, "Well, when we recover, we can put it out." But obviously, no one knew quite what would happen uh, following the fourth corporate war, and um, he was kind of forgotten about, and. One thing turns to the other. He was always a bit notorious for being a bit of a party animal, but when you don't have a gig to play anymore and you've got lots of money lying about from the records that you've sold, um, partying becomes the only thing that you can do. Um, And he parted all his money away, unfortunately, um, as sort of the 2020s turned to the 2030s and then eventually 2040, and he's older. Um... As far as his link to the clan in particular, um, his first major tour of the United States, um, the our clan in particular, or at least an older version of it, um, were essentially his, they were responsible for transporting him all over the country and providing security, etc. Made very close friends uh, with a particular individual who would go on to be the head of the clan to well, in the time of the red um they got very close on that tour uh, and he then left to sort of pursue uh, more of a worldwide thing as i've already described it didn't quite work out um he still carries around the gun the, it's his sole trinket from that time. Uh, probably the only time he was, uh, the last time he was truly happy, if I'm honest, um, is the is is the gun that uh, his his friend gave him. You know, it's pretty, learn to shoot because it's rough out there, and it's the only you know took that advice. He's pretty handy with it. Um, but yeah, as I said, after that a. Out, out, sort of left the Nomad uh, uh, pack and the corporations grabbed him and they promised him fame and fortune and because of the fourth corporate it never panned out, he spiralled and eventually uh, OD'd in a uh, somewhere, he's I don't know, maybe it was a bouncer, maybe it was one of the 
uh, club owner, whoever, went through all the numbers on his agent. The only one that picked up was the man who is now the head of the clan. Get him out of my club because he's OD'd. And that is kind of... That'll, that'll, that, come, that brings us right up to the present, if you like. Okay. That would have just happened maybe a day or two before the events of session one. Uh, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm coming in, yeah. And uh, anybody want to call in on any of that? Anybody would have been maybe a fan of his music back in the day? Anybody possibly go to these clubs or these bars with him? Uh, what do you guys have for that? Anybody want to call in? Uh, before I call an in, is it a limit of two or at least two? At least two, you guys can call in more. If you remember for our uh, our Reservoir Panda game, I pretty much claimed an in for literally everybody. So, I mean, yeah. So Mad Mags is vaguely familiar with Devilish Jack's music uh, through the more modernized covers that have been released since then, um, but definitely has an admiration for that older bluesy edition. Uh, even though that's not her music, she she gets the vibe of it, um, and also with. Uh, he OD'd in the club, and then he came into the... He probably came straight to her clinic. Okay. So, you know, she was probably one of the first people within the clan um, that she would have met upon re-entering. Yeah, yeah, I imagine the clan head probably said to Mags, cold turkey now, look after him. But yeah, cool, I like that. If we're not limited on yeah. uh, the ends, then I, I think that... so. Where I mentioned that Domino's luck is he he doesn't win coin tosses on what music gets played in his car. Uh, I think anytime other anytime they've gone on a run, one of the one of the PAX members that rode with him won, and they absolutely loved uh, the music and would always put one of his CDs in, and. Uh, along with the ties to the leader of the pack being um, the one who helped raise uh, Domino, there, there's that. So Domino is aware and sees, and so he has all these expectations and then one day brings supplies back for Mad Mags and lo and behold, there's this person that people in the clan that he's heard about all his life laid out with an IV to kind of get, an, or, you know, vomiting, trying to get, get over the OD. And he's like, oh... And he, he runs off to go grab the, the person that always plays the music and is like, this this is what you worship? Don't meet your heroes, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Let me I dash like your hero. <laughs> Anybody else? All right. So uh, we've got uh, two people who are frequently listening to this old school music. Um, keep in mind, everybody in our uh, in our audience, everybody on YouTube as well. This is taking place in 2045, so this is uh, still like 24 years into our future. So if you call 80s music oldies today, it would be ancient by then. Because keep in mind, like I I'm I'm pretty young. I'm 29. I was born 92, but. Uh, the music that I grew up with, I'm already hearing some of my students call old, and it makes me want to die. <laughs> so his music would be 
ancient by this time period. As your resident as your resident relic, I feel attacked by that. <laughs> one one of the most brutal commentary that I saw in a, a show on Netflix recently is somebody was like, "Hey, let's let's all watch sit down and watch a family movie." And they were like, "Yeah, but what movie?" And one was like, "What about Ferris Bueller's Day Off?" And the youngest kid said, "Oh, how about picking a movie from this century?" <laughs> Not even. They weren't wrong, right? <laughs> oh my god. It was not okay. I I agree with uh I agree with uh chemistry is punk in here. That's brutal. That's brutal. Mm. <laughs> um uh, so Chuggy, what do you got for us? Tell us a little bit about your backstory, um, how'd you get into the clan, then we'll see if we've got any ins for uh for your character. So uh, T-Bar was like a, your average uh, country boy, grew up in the kind of middle of nowhere, somewhere in the Midwest, uh, kind of used the military to uh, make his way in the world, super cocky, fighter pilot. Uh, the fourth corporate war was like his heyday. He, you know, lots of work. Lots of stuff to do. Uh, uh, that was uh, just uh, flying planes and was his whole life. And basically it kind of got taken away from him. He lost his arm in a plane crash. Was taken out of the military you know, discharged, no longer able to do what he was doing and uh, seized the clan as the way to kind of get back up into the air. He's got a little gyrocopter now, but is hoping to get a better chopper, maybe move up to a plane and uh, just a, a way to find his way back into the world. Okay. So looking at the clan as a way to get back into the world that he was once part of, um, and you mentioned their uh, Midwest. Are you a Midwesterner? I live in Chicago now, so I guess technically, but I grew up in Miami, Florida, so that's about as far from the Midwest as you can. As you I was can, born so. in Evanston and grew up in Chicago as well, so. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Other side of the world now, but I'm sorry you're still there. My condolences. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, we've got this uh, military service member um, from the Midwest. Uh, a little bit older than probably some of the other uh, characters in here, I'm assuming, because you said that he had served for, for a little while before he got injured, right? Right. I, I imagine like uh, late 30s, early 40s, uh, but still thinks of himself as the, the top of the game. Even though he might have been slipping a little bit, he still feels he's at the top and wants to let everyone know that he's definitely still at the top. Okay. All right, so anybody uh, want to call in in here? I can see a couple of possible good ones. I definitely have a tie-in with T-Bar. Okay. So probably um, call, I'm going in on some special ops uh, assignments, calling in the crusty old codger for um, a danger close fire support to like mop up um, any um, hardened targets on more than one occasion. So yeah, I on... definitely imagine that would be mixing with a uh, calamity somewhat a little bit there. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like calling in, as you said, for like hard targets, maybe even for drop-off or evac at any point in time. So definitely like previous service um, before, so you, you would 100% uh, know T-Bar, um, and T-Bar would definitely know Calamity. Um, so that's, that's a good tie-in. Um, anybody else have any tie-ins for that? Um, Jack probably played a corporate-sponsored USO show type thing on um, whatever aircraft carrier you were serving on in the full corporate. And uh, after the gig, he got absolutely smashed, um, hijacked your chopper, and then proceeded to crash it into the ocean. How you feel about that is completely up to you. <laughs> All right, so he crashed one of the <laughs> crashed one of the planes or choppers from an aircraft carrier during a USO show. Oh, Lord, yeah. that is terrifying, but that's an, definitely an interesting tie-in. How would, uh, would T-Bar feel about that, seeing this, uh, this uh, what, by, by then he would already be what, like 40s, 50s? I think you think it would think it was hilarious that uh, okay. that he did that. Probably like one of the, probably like snuck him the keys or something almost, you know, okay. no, helped him out. Awesome. All right, so uh, awesome. So there you go. So Holmes got the keys and the, the got got the ignition information from uh from yeah, I'm a nomad. I can I can do this, and then just into the sea because he's good behind. He's decent behind the wheel of a car, but hasn't got a clue how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, I think that uh, since we were talking about this clan being the family being. A bond of friends more than anything. I think that when new people join, we have a there. There's a sit down session for all new members to talk and get to know all other members. And maybe Domino is the one that drove T Bar into the clan circle and said, "Hey, these are the things that go about," and they converse on the drive. So it's maybe a a new tie-in, like not not a long-winded or long pass, but a very very new recent, like last few days. Brought this person in, sat down, met, had some conversations, and is working on, uh, and is getting to know, and thinks it would be a great idea if I if I'm the driver having a a pilot Overwatch, that this could work. We we need we need to get our uh, cards in order. Okay, so kind of like a vouching system, uh, similar to like uh, what some well, I mean. Chuggy's in, in Chicago right now, so you definitely know about some of the gangs we got there. Uh, but a lot of the gangs use these vouching systems. Um, so something along that line of like, yeah, I'll, I'll call for, for this guy. Like, oh, uh, definitely help. Show him the ropes. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right. Uh, let's, uh, let's actually, let's move on for Calamity. So Calamity, go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, a little bit about your character, um, and then we can see if we've got any tie-ins here. In the intro, Calamity was raised in a combat zone. Yeah. She, um, at a young age, um, she lost her family. Uh, like they just up and disappeared, and um, she had no. Um, and she she roamed the streets as a street rat, and. Um, I decided to jump um, uh, to uh, sell her soul and um, join uh, join the military and get um, uh, get picked up with um, with Militech. So she she, um, uh, she joined them when she was probably like 17, 18 years old. 
uh, train to kill uh, your basic um, child freaking um, soldier killer type person. Um, she'd go on um, on um, like special ops runs to to um, take out their uh, take out this mark, take out that mark. Didn't really pay attention. Um, they're all just um, ones and zeros to her. Um, another drop in the bucket. Another. Um, and rung up the ladder as far as um, uh, gaining rank and recognition. Uh, she goes out to, um, uh, to a special or uh, one particular operation, and it didn't go out so well. So um, she ended up taking a hit. Um, it, incapa- it, uh, it incapacitated her to the point where um, all of her vitals dropped off of anything um, uh, that the, the corporation mon- was monitoring her with. And that's why they presumed her dead. Okay, so we've got a kind of a kind of a child soldier uh, thing going on, which is oh, uh, definitely part of a good dystopian cyberpunk universe. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and we've got our first tie-in already because uh, during your service, you've worked with um, you've worked with T Bar a little bit in the past, either for drop-offs, fire close missions, um, possibly even evacs. Um, who else might have a tie-in for this uh, this partially borged out um, combat solo? Uh, yeah, I think I definitely have a tie-in there. Uh, I spent my my younger years uh, growing up in the combat zone, um, so I definitely when my my family disappeared, I, I think I probably would have uh, eventually wound up crossing paths with Calamity here and. Uh, you know, sort of weathering the storm with her until we uh, eventually had to part ways when she uh, joined the, the military. I do have a caveat, though. She does have amnesia, so if she knew you from... Um, That's when, fantastic. When, when, she jo- um, when she joined, she would probably get um, like bits and pieces, glimpses of, like, um, uh, of interactions, but she would not know anything in depth. So any um, any new interactions would probably have to be recent because, um, uh, un- unless she met you and then it's like Groundhog Day or 51st Dates where <laughs> where she um, uh, she has to be com- constantly reminded, I know you. Yeah, no, it's great. It's probably like a, a further aspect to me sort of losing more family, like uh, reconnecting with you and you not remembering me at all. So to, to jump in on, on that and... Uh, so my character was urban homeless and my family was killed. Maybe the urban homeless happened around the same combat zone. So I, I think it would be hilarious if Calamity, before the amnesia, did know both of us just from running around in the combat zone. Uh, as, as children, you know, banding together, our, foods would, our, our parents would send us on food runs or something just to, like, so that we stuck together and could give each other overwatch. Um, but I think it would be hilarious if after joining the Nomad Pack, uh, Calamity, I remember you, and I remember you, but as those memories start coming back, maybe gets our names confused, gets things backwards, and remembers each of us, but reversed. That'd be good. I, I, I was speaking a little bit, uh, little bit uh, to Donna earlier, um, probably about, what, like two weeks ago now, about ways that we can kind of incorporate this whole amnesia and this lost past together. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love this whole idea of like, 
what, what what is it 50 first dates or 500 first dates where like yeah. you start building these memories and then they're gone again <laughs> it's like i do, where do i know you from you look familiar like i think that could that could be quite interesting and uh, i love the flavor that you're bringing in for your character it's 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 going to be something very cool so i have a possible in that mags wouldn't know about but that you can use as a plot point at some point um, she could be an older sibling because oh. the sibling the sibling that I grew up with it was a twin <clears throat> um, and we grew up together on the drift nation until that sibling moved out and disappeared from my life um, so it could be an older sibling that I don't know about considering the parents were edge runners and they were all over the place um, so while I don't know that that's necessarily an in for Mad Mags knowing her other than, you know, I've been with the clan for a while and she may have been by the clinic, um, especially with <clears throat> with the amnesia and other things. Um, so that that would be the end. It's like, yeah, I'm a family medic, so I see everybody at some point in time. Uh, but uh, just for plot points it, that you may or may not choose to use, uh, it's, it's possible that with that amnesia, or heck, even if she didn't have amnesia, it's still possible that she was an older sibling. That would be a good segue. Yeah, I think that would be a good segue um, um, between um, uh, the amnesia and poss possible like um, um, uh, traumatic stress from losing the uh, from up and losing her family, and uh, like uh, having a repressed memory. And uh, our next up, we've got Remy Johnson. So go ahead, tell us a little bit about uh, Remy and how he got involved in the uh, in this clan. Yeah, so um, uh, it's when he can first remember, he was growing up in a mega structure with his parents in a, in a not so great part of Night City. Um, you know, he learned a lot about mechanics from his father and, and sort of electronics from his mom. Um, he never really knew what they did because he was kind of too young to really get into all that. But they, you know, they, they taught him some things here and there. Um, and then, you know, one day his, uh, his dad sort of fell afoul of uh, a gang that sort of had uh, laid waste to this megastructure and sort of forced them onto the, on the run, uh, which sort of had them jumping between, you know, derelict structure to abandoned building out in the combat zone just to try and get by. Uh, and then, you know, one day uh, he woke up and his parents and his sister were just uh, just gone. Uh, no idea where they went and uh, kind of assumed the worst. Uh, so he uh, uh, sort of just tried to make it and survive out there in the combat zone where he you know, maybe met up with um, Calamity and some others. And uh, Eventually, uh, he, he desired to live a little bit better of a life, so he, he sort of sold out to uh, a corp uh, and sort of took on jobs for them using the skills he'd learned from his, his parents and his life on the streets. Um, but at, at a certain point, some of the jobs they had him doing were pretty off book and a little bit, uh, a little bit too morally uh, not great for him. So at a certain point, he, he tucked tail and ran and... Uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, pissed up, pissed off some higher ups who uh, are not too happy with him. So he uh, he figured he had to probably get as far away from the city as possible, which which drove him to the Badlands, uh, where he eventually sort of joined up with the Snowman Pack. 
Um, I, I, I hope I'm not overstepping with this. Be, being the, is, I, I think that it's fairly easy to draw a tie to e each character. Um, and so if anybody's not okay with that, by all means, please speak up and, and I'll uh, pull it back. But for Remy, given that we already mentioned that maybe the tie between Calamity, you, and me, um, when the, the gang that your family was running from is the gang that killed my parents and uh, you went off and joined a corp, whereas I was picked up by the Nomad Pack. And then when you were trying, when you said, you know what, I'm out and ran from the Nomad Pack, you looked through your agent, tried to find, find contacts, anybody that you would know. And I became your in to the Snowman Clan, away from the city, away from the corporations. Oh, you're mm -hmm. a tech? You can help fix things? We have a lot of cars. If you like working on things, we have cars, planes, trucks. We have anything you want to work on. And if you're good at trains, fixing trains it, and automobiles, come to <laughs> us, join us, and, and, and I'll introduce you to the leader of the pack. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, when I when I rolled, I did have a you know a friend that was like a younger sibling to me. So so maybe you know back in the day when we did know each other, uh, you know that's maybe the dynamic we had before we parted ways. Dig it. Perfect. Awesome. I definitely thought I would probably have it in with uh with Rebby there uh especially mentioning me with the corporate maybe he did some work for militech play maybe mechanical work on planes or helping design some kind of prototype or plane like that that and i think that that might even be a good way of how i got introduced to the nomad pack itself is maybe right. knowing him maybe seeing that he was doing some work for them and maybe they needed someone to fly something somewhere. I don't know. I think that that, that would be a good in. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, I've got that down. Awesome. Um, give me one I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the default in of everybody knows the tech. Because everybody has gear and it always needs to be fixed. Yeah. So I'll take the default on that one. Okay. <laughs> no, ex no extra story needed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of extra story, uh, you are next up for us. Um, tell us a little bit about Mad Max's history. Mags, not Max. Don't want to mix those two up. Mad Mags's history. Um, how she so, planned, and we'll do our ends. Uh, so she was born Madeline Marguerite Dietrich, uh, and her friends and family of her youth would call her Mads, short for Madeline. Um, it wasn't until she got picked up by the Nomad clan that they found out her middle name was Marguerite and said, oh, Mags, Mad Mags, that's funny. Uh, and that kind of stuck. So she became Mad Mags. Um her background, like I said, is is her and her sibling twins. Um, they the the parents stopped off at a drift nation on a gig and just left them there. No explanation, no nothing, as far as Mags is aware. Um as they grew up together on the Drift Nation, 
her sibling decided to up and leave and abandon her, uh, taking up the edge on her life probably as a solo. Um, which left Mads, Mad, Mad Mags uh, alone and not knowing what to do. Um, she kind of always vibed with the solo theme, but she just didn't have the reflexes to cut it. Um, she was smart. She was book smart. Uh, she ate up her schooling like nobody's business. Um, so she took the medicine because it, it came naturally and she had the interest in, in medicinals and herbals as well. Uh, so she took up medicine. Um, one of her friends listed as a teacher or mentor. So I went with mentor and that would have been the possibly a still existing clan medic. Uh, possibly a retired clan medic. Um, another friend is a partner or coworker, and that fit into the role specific life path of partnered with a romantic partner. Um, and the third one is a is a former lover. She also rolled up three former tragic love affairs. So we decided that uh, Bags is a. Uh, bisexual polyamorous person. And so she and her partner have an open relationship currently. Um, still all about, it, it's another family issue for her. It's like, she loves everybody. Um, and on different levels, some are romantic and some are, you know, friendly and platonic, but she tends to really love everyone. Um, when I rolled up her enemies, it was about as boring as you can get. It's a booster ganger that doesn't care and won't go out of the way. And my idea is just to avoid the scum. So my enemies are about as boring as it gets. Uh, I did have the uh, folks where edge runners dropped me off my sibling off in the drift nation during a run and disappeared after growing up alone, but together the sibling decided to go off in search of our parents and becoming an edge runner on their own right. No idea what happened to them. Haven't heard from them since. As for myself, I headed inland and hooked up with the Nomad Clan. Between the trauma of losing my most valued person, my sibling, and my parents, coupled with the teachings of the Nomad way of life, I tend to value a family above everything else. Generally, I like and love everyone, most everyone. But I know that I always come across a little bit brainy and cold. I did meet this wonderful person at camp, and we worked together as the clan's medics. Living the nomad life, clan is where our primary clientele comes from. And our workspace is almost all disposable materials, kept as compact as possible. We scavenge and trade for supplies from anywhere we can find them. Since joining the clan, uh, we have one runner who frequently goes out and does runs, sometimes getting more supplies than we actually need. So that was part of the backstory that are, there's there's more details there because it was stuff that was discussed in Discord. Yeah. So that particular runner was Domino. So I'll claim Domino's in for me, for him. Okay. <laughs> so, um, actually, and uh, reviewing uh, my background a little bit, I, I think, and, and we'll get to in a moment, but I think another great tie-in is, so I also have three tragic love affairs. One of them just didn't work out, and I think it would be fantastic if the one that just didn't work out is the, it was with uh, Mad Mags's uh, polyamorous partner, 
And that's why Mags and Domino became such good friends because, oh, you two work better as, as a unit than we did. So why don't you two be a unit, but we're still friends. I also have for my family background or for my, uh, I also have my most valued person as a personal hero. And I think just uh, the level of education, the way that Mags is able to put people back together just blows Domino's mind. Like, if, if it's an engine or a car, he can drive, he can do well with that. But all of this visceral, messy, bloody, like, I, I can put bullets in people and run them over, but you're able to put them back together. So I, I think that Mags would be a, a great uh, shoe in for the personal hero, which is why uh, when going out on runs for supplies and stuff, there's always a little bit extra for uh, Mags in the clinic. I like it. Awesome. So we've got you as a supplier and former partner of Mags's current partner. Okay, I've got those. Um, anybody else? We've got a uh, we've got our uh, med tech here. So I think uh, what Vampire had mentioned earlier is that um, I mean Mad Max is a med tech, so they fix everybody. So is, uh, is everybody just going to be along the lines of that or does anybody else have any deeper ins? For me, as far as Mags, um, uh, what's your most valued um, possession? Most valued possession is a tool, which I haven't detailed yet, leaving that for RP because uh, my, my gear is really limited right now. So, so the tool I don't know that... what tool it would be. Um, uh, regardless of uh, what tool it is, it could have been um, it could have been a gift, a birthday present or something, and um, uh, it's something to the effect of um, uh, uh, happy birthday um, or like a, a love, and then um, uh, the the name on there would be um, uh, would be Greta. That's um, that's calamities. Um, Given, uh, given name is Greta. And so that'll be tying the two of you in a little bit closer with this whole possibility of, well, neither of you really know each other is, but the two of you are mm -hmm. siblings. Um, and uh, Calamity also has like a tattoo with Emma, um, uh, like kind of with her name written um, uh, name on it. So kind of in, um, uh, just as a marker. Okay, awesome, perfect. All right, and our last but not least, we have our um, uh, Domino. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about Domino's backstory. Um, and then uh, we've done pretty much all of our ins, but if anybody has anything extra, once you guys listen to his backstory, we can get some more down. Go ahead. All, all right. So, uh, yeah, I family killed in the combat zone when was picked up by the Nomad Pack when they found this vehicle that they were going to harvest for parts, and there was this little kid in it, and so they brought them in. Uh, he he only has officially one friend, and I, I chose the mentor, and that was the leader of the pack um, for that. But uh, there's the tragic love affairs. He, he does have a most valued possession is a book, and I, I labeled it Alice in Cyberland. Um, 
just just a fun little twist and throwback. So maybe somebody gave him that. And again, we've kind of covered all the other ends. But if anybody has some extra ones, uh, yeah, he 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 values friendship absolutely above everything else. And as he feels about every, every how he feels about people is everybody is a valuable individual. And uh, it, it, he kind of leaves it at that because it, it are, are they valuable and how they can be used or how they contribute to the to the pack. And, and I think that that's more what it is, is you're as valuable. Uh, and that was in that was taught and instilled in him from early at birth is uh, we, we were taking you in. You have to earn your place. And the more you put in, the more you'll get out. And yeah, we've gotten a lot of ends. Does anybody, uh, anybody have anything extra with that? Because I know um, Violin, Violin Neon's character. Um, hold on, don't, don't, don't tell me. Domino, there we go. Domino, Domino is pretty much already involved in almost everybody's backstories. We have um, Domino's involvement with uh, Remy, as well as with Calamity in the combat zone. We have, um, uh, we have Domino being involved in bringing T Bar in. Um, already involved in listening to lots and lots of uh, Jack Holmes's music, whether or not it was uh, fully voluntary or not. Um, and then, of course, we have a lot of that involvement with uh, with Mad Mags, with being partner's former lover. But do we have anything else? I think that's solid. All right, so one of the reasons why I wanted to get this um, done a little bit deeper, and this is another another shout out um, to a couple of other uh, GMs that I've been I've been living on pretty much for the last year. Um, uh, Tortured by Gnomes, as well as uh, the Wandering DM, have both given a lot of wonderful inspiration for trying to get people involved in each other's backstories because it makes this all a little bit deeper. And uh, one of the things that I love as well about another uh, GM. Uh, that goes by ELH is this involvement in having a longer spanning past, not just something that's uh, very surface level, but having this long spanning past. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get this done. Now, my question for all of you is, do we have any unfinished roles for our life paths, for our characters? Are there any uh, lovers, enemies, etc., that have not been filled in, because this is why I actually have my roll twenty up right now, up on the uh, Twitch display. Um, if you guys have any rolls left, let's try and get those done. I I didn't roll the life path at all. I literally thought that that's what we were doing tonight, so I didn't roll the life path at all. That works perfectly. So Chuggy, um, go ahead and give us our first inaugural roll for Cyberpunk Goes Nomad. Um, where are we going to be starting off for your character progression? Everything? Oh, my characters made it. So I just didn't do the life path yeah, okay. portion. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and roll for us. Let's start off your life path and build in from there. Let me pull up my uh, my guide on here. If I can find it. Goodness. There we go. Book. A plus two <laughs> for a life path. Is that going to help for life paths? 
Um, so let's pull this up. Life path. Life path. All right. So um, for your first life path, um, is this going to include like your cultural origins? Do you need to roll those as well? Uh, I was, I had just picked North American. Okay, Good. perfect. Um, anybody else need to get that section filled in? Uh, Captain Mark, what do you got? Um, he's from the East End of London originally, okay. and he would have come across um, to find his fame and fortune in Night City. Okay, perfect. Uh, Does anybody have that section unfilled? You can roll for it now, or you guys can choose out. Um, so I, I can see that most of us, my assumption is, are either uh, North or Central South American. That gives uh, pretty much this large basis of um, like where everybody's from. But of course, we've got our uh, our British British rocker boy coming in. I'm surprised you actually didn't tell us that the uh, the Beatles and the Sex Pistols wasn't uh, some of your influence. So yeah, I mean yeah yeah. Like it's just anyone with. Uh, I mean, anyone you could write a thousand books about, really. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. You know, like, gotcha. Uh, write the yeah. legends. There'll, there'll be references. I'm, I'm cognizant of that. Um, there'll be little references that I'll drop here and there. But um, some of you might get, some of you might not. Depends on what you listen to. That'll be the fun part. Awesome. I'm always down. I, I listen to uh, just about everything. So <laughs> oh, hit me. Um, our next up on here is personality. If anybody is missing their personality, go ahead and roll for it. This is a 1d10. And uh, so we've got shine, secretive, rebellious, antisocial, violent, arrogant, proud, aloof. We've got moody, rash, headstrong, picky, fussy, nervous, stable, serious, silly and fluffy-headed. Sneaky, deceptive, intellectual, and detached, or friendly and outgoing. When it comes to these, if any of you need to roll for it, you can roll for it. And if need be, you can also pick it. Um, I will allow that for these, uh, these specific roles. Um, our next one that comes after that is dress and personal style. Now, most of you guys and gals know that we're working with our nomads here. So if you guys choose to uh, stick with Nomad Leathers, that's perfectly fine. If you want to incorporate other styles, though, feel free to choose on that. Because I know, like, for a rocker boy, maybe you've got more of that high fashion going on. Or maybe because you're this kind of burned out, maybe you're a little bit of the bohemian. So if you guys want to choose and incorporate other things, that's perfectly fine. Bohemian, except for the tight leather pants. Tight leather pants. Because, of course. right? Yeah. <laughs> no need for chaps. No. You don't no, roll with chaps. Uh, next on here, we've got our affectations. I know a lot of you have already spoken kind of about, um, uh, like, what's what, what what's going on with you. And I know that... Uh, we have uh, Violent Neon. He's wearing his finger protectors. That might be a maybe a affectation as well for your characters that they've got these cybernetic fingers. Um, this is another one where, um, based on what you've built up, feel free to choose that. Um, we've got motivations and relationships. Okay, so what do you value the most? How do you feel about most people? Almost all of you have already gone over those, so I know those are finished up. 
um, <coughs> that you value the most. Um, we've got a couple of folks talking about like tools. We've got books and toys. Um, so I want to actually go through that. So Violet Neon, what was your most valued possession? Uh, the book, Alice in Cyberland. Okay. And uh, Vampire, you said that uh, Mad Mags's was a tool, right? Yep, and I've got a little bit more information. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Donya's concept of being from Greta. Uh, okay. So it's a tool from Greta. It's a currently defunct uh, Metascanner okay. uh, that I am going to either need to replace or have Remy fix because it's I didn't spend money on a Metascanner, so I don't have one. Uh, therefore, it's not currently working but it is my most valued possession. So I'm going to try and get it fixed. Gotcha. Um, for Remy, what is Remy's most valued possession? It's a photograph of, of my parents, actually. Okay, perfect. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Calamity. What was yours? Mm. It was probably on me when, um, uh, when, when I was presumed killed in action mm -hmm. um it's a non-functional sniper rifle okay she's a she's a cracked shot um inscribed on the side of it says red mist Ooh, all right and uh for t-bar does t-bar have a most valued possession he does i had uh put a like a folding knife like a kind of old school like utility knife something that was like antique that had been handed down through his family not like a large combat knife but you know just a, like a pocket knife awesome okay and uh for holmes what's holmes uh valued possession we we talked a little bit about this privately but go ahead and share um will be the 1956 fender telecaster that his long long dead parents bought for him when he was 15 in the year 1990 question mark gotcha. i know when but i'm not gonna say but in the 90s yeah all right so we've got those um each of you all you've pretty much already spoken about um what's your motivation and how you feel mm -hmm. about other people um a lot of you also mentioned about who you value the most or what you value the most but i'd like to get a little bit more of a feel on that so um uh, for Jack Holmes, uh, what does he or who does he value the most? Um, what I think <sighs> freedom and authenticity. Um, he was at his happiest on that first tour when he wasn't under the thumb of the corpse and he could play what he wanted. And um, as much as he wasn't a nomad at least to begin with by the end they'd come to sort of welcoming in as a um a part of the clan um and that sort of freedom of spirit i think uh any nomad clan kind of encapsulates the reason they don't live in the city the reason they're always moving you could always vibe with with that um and yeah it's it's I mean, there's a reason he, when he gets under the corporate thumb later on, sells out, 
that he ends up in the, you know, he starts taking the wrong drugs and hanging out with the wrong people. He's not happy. He wasn't happy, you know? Um, and and I think that's right because... Drugs. What was that? Sorry? I said, hang out with Mags. She's got the right drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All pharmaceuticals. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's... um. And it's, it's because he wasn't, he didn't have what he valued the most for, you know, two decades nearly. Um, as for a person, it would be uh, the, the man who is now the leader of the clan, the, that the old friend of his that um, showed him the ropes. He'd never done a tour before life on the road, um, particularly in the, in the roaring twenties. Um, and, he gave him the revolver that he carries around to this day. So awesome. And uh, uh, for uh, T Bar, so what and who do you value the most? I think, uh, as far as uh, a value the most, would be like acceptance. He's very cocky, wants to show off, be accepted as part of the group, I guess. Uh, and part of that, I think with uh, the person he values the most is actually what I would consider like a, a nemesis or rival. Like he wants this other, like a, like a rival pilot that's maybe slightly better than him, but wants that person to accept or, you know, see themselves as his equal kind of way. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, and, um, Let's see, for Calamity, who or what? She doesn't have a person that, um, that she really values um, too highly. Um, what she does um, value is a, as a person's word, like growing up on the streets and like that. Um, your, your word is your bond. You have, um, it, it, it's something that she can trust you by. If you say you're going to be somewhere and um, uh, um, uh, support her, or or do something for her, then that's what she expects. You, if um, you break your word, um, she loses all respect for you, and um, uh, we'll do like one of two things. We'll either try to kill you because you um, uh, you um, uh, you failed her, or um, she just won't respect you, and she'll um, uh, she'll just avoid you because you're you're beneath her now. And for Remy, who and what? Uh, what he values most is is love, not necessarily romantic, but you know, like familial or friendship type of love. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is, is he, if he even does come across it, he's usually not willing to accept it uh, because of you know all the people he's lost that he did love. Um, and then who he valued most were were his parents because they uh, they gave him all the skills to. You know, essentially survive on his own. Um, uh, so that's about that. Yeah, hence the picture, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Gotcha. All right, and for uh, for Mad Mags, um, we've already gotten a little bit of a feeling on the uh, the what for possession, but um, who's the mm -hmm. most valued person in your life, and what do you value most? So. <clears throat> they're at a crossroads with each other, honestly. 
because what do I value most is family. And the, the, the quote that uh, Violet Neon shared of the extent, the full version of the quote, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the waters of the womb. Um, your chosen family is more important than anything else. So she values her family, which is her nomad family, her, her pack, this specific pack. Not even if it goes above it to a clan or a nation, but this specific family. Um, and what she values, the most valued person is her sibling, her long lost sibling. Um, and so those are at a crossroads. What happens if and when she finds her sibling or her birth parents? What's, what's going to happen? Which, which is she going to run to? Um, so I think that's going to be a very interesting piece of role play story expansion if we ever get there. And then uh, we've got our our nomad Domino. Who and what? So, uh, w as we discussed, the the who would be the personal hero, and that that's Mags because uh, fascinated by how she's able to put people together and keep them together, and that I think actually ties into his affectation. If we'll go over that, I'll hold that for later. Um, but for the what valued most is similar to uh, Mad Mags. It's a little bit different. Instead of family, it's friendship, but for the same reason of the blood of the coven is thicker than the water of the womb. So um, the same, only different words. So six of one, half a dozen of another. But yeah, so friendship is what he values most. And the book is the possession and Mags as the person. Gotcha. Um, now... One of the things that I've got to ask about uh, our system, because this is one thing that drove me very crazy, and uh, I think it was Cyber Smiley who was talking about it on one of the previous Forlorn Dopes, uh, was that with the system the way it is now in red, when you roll for friends and you roll for enemies and you roll for all of that, uh, seven out of ten chances are that you're going to have none. Um, and right. one of the things that Cyber Smiley had brought up was that with the previous system, um, and I know definitely uh, Wisdom had brought this up, with the previous system, like you could have a ton of folks literally littering every single year of your backstory. So if you're in your 60s, like uh, like a rocker boy is, uh, you could <coughs> literally have like 60 people in your backstory. Um, and that's one thing that they had mentioned is that it's kind of absent from uh, from Red. But I want to know if any of you have uh, not rolled them yet, you can go ahead and roll them now. Um, if you have any friends or enemies that have not been mentioned yet, what would you like to bring up? Because these might be possible ins as well. Um, so I, uh, I have. Oh, go ahead. Can I can I throw something in there? Yeah. So I agree that that is one of the things missing from red. That that's uh, horrible oversight. Um, I kind of cheated and used up my personal house rule for friends, fam for friends, enemies, and tragic love affairs. And that is uh, D6 rounded down. So a one is zero, two, three is one, four, five is two, and a six is three. Uh, so, so when I rolled mine up, I, I cheated and used my own house rule because it still gives the same spread of zero through three, yeah. but it's more likely to have more than zero. 
Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. That's one thing I mentioned at the very beginning is that uh, this campaign is going to be filled with house rules. This uh, campaign is going to be filled with um, outside supplements and materials. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's a pretty pretty awesome little addition. If you want to share that up on our Discord um, after the game's over, that would be awesome because other people might like to use that as well. Um, and I see I've got one person rolling right now. We got a four though, and that's under our seven. Um, so who was it that was rolling? Uh, that was me. I had just rolled for the friends, and it looks like nobody likes me. Aw. I have well, no friends. Nobody that you're still connected with, but maybe in the past, maybe in the past. Um, if you want Wait. to go ahead and roll for enemies as well, go ahead and roll for that one. Fingers crossed it's not Wait. 10 for you. Could he use uh, vampires? Does or... that 10 explode? Uh, that 10 does not explode, thank God. Um, so you've got... Those are the enemies, but a lot of people don't like me, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe it's because of this whole um, th this whole Iceman persona that you've got going on. A lot of people get get rubbed wrong for that. Uh, so you've got a bunch of enemies. Uh, let's go ahead and roll those. So go ahead and roll a one d ten three times. Oof. So a two, a nine, and a six. So you've got an ex lover. A government official and a person that you work for. Okay. That I work for would would that technically still be the pack? Like somebody the pack doesn't like me. Um, that's up to you. Do you think it should be somebody in the pack, or maybe somebody from your former military career? You know when Vampire was doing his Mad Mags background, I was thinking. I don't think his character would get along with mine. I think that I would think that the whole natural medicine was stupid and that it was silly. Like, not me personally. Like, I'm not attacking. I just think I don't think my character would appreciate any little bit about any of that stuff. And I, I could see him being the person that don't like me. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> Let's see. So that would be the uh, person person you work for. So go ahead and uh, roll another set of uh, D10 three times. And uh, let's see what caused... Uh, actually, do it twice. Because we've, uh, we've got vampires. Uh, little tie-in there. So you've got two, four, and a seven. Um, so for your uh, first one, so for your ex-lover, um, it was the cause cause the loss of a lover friend or relative so you've got an ex-lover you cause them to lose somebody in their life okay our next one on there number nine government official one of you was a business rival nope nope sorry so four so accuse the other of cowardice or some other major personal flaw so maybe for this government official this could be somebody that you worked for in the military and uh, you you caused an issue with them because you pointed out that uh, they were being an idiot or they did something wrong, and now they're your enemy. And uh, somebody who works for you, I'm gonna roll with what you had mentioned. That's a pretty awesome little uh, tie-in there. Maybe uh, maybe Mad Mags is a little bit of your enemy in regards to you are constantly insulting this natural medicine that not only Mad Mags uses. 
but also we have um, Jack Holmes using too. It's natural medicine. To Recreational. <laughs> so that, which that lends, perfect. Which lends even more credit to uh, Domino having to vouch. Yeah. Like, no, 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 we, we need him. I, you'll see, we, we need him. I, I can't, I can't I prove it now, but, but I will. I promise. <laughs> All right, perfect. Okay, I worship. Um, and uh, for yeah, our I, last I, one, I added a T bar to mine. I added T bar to my anime list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I like what uh, I like what um, uh, P W Bynes put in there is uh, maybe frenemy. So kind of their uh, uh, Mad Mags is kind of that frenemy. You have or they they have to work with you. You're required to work together, but in your personal life, like oh shut up, I hate you so much. And I would probably still respect working with them and the fact that if I get shot that they could heal me, but I would just think everything they talked about was wrong. <laughs> this is stupid, so I'm just gonna nobody here. Right, um, and for this last one, because we will actually let um, I'm going to have uh, Vampire roll. Um, when it comes to this next one for uh, Sweet Revenge. What are you or they going to do about it? Um, so for this, um, Chuggy, go ahead and roll 2d10. And Vampire, roll 1d10. I don't have the book open. I don't know what that 3 means. Um, so for Mad Mags, <laughs> Uh, Mad Mags, if you get adequately angry, you could go into a murderous rage. So maybe those mind-expanding drugs, if you take the wrong stuff, you might go a little off the handle. So you gotta be careful. Mags will that. go into a rage, or I will go into a rage? Um, Mags will Ooh. go into a rage. CMT. It's fierce CMT over here. I've got two I'm gonna get two. killed by it's gonna be horrible. Alright, and uh so Chuggy, um what are you going to do about your other two enemies? Both of them you are going to try and avoid the scum. So you're going to try and avoid the government official, and you're going to try and avoid that ex-lover. Now, what are they going to do about it? Go ahead and roll another two D ten for this. Let's see. Right, so we've got a nine and a six. So for the nine, set them up for a crime or other transgression they didn't commit. So your ex-lover is going to try and set you up for something. Your ex-lover is going to try and get you in trouble. And our other one, a six. Um, the government official that you kind of screwed over or made angry, um, they're going to try and backstab you indirectly. So they're going to try and get to you in a backwards kind of way. Okay, so we've got your, your frenemy and your two enemies. Okay, so we've got those down. Um, does anybody else have their enemies or their friends missing? Everybody else filled in? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, got, I've got one enemy. Okay. Um, it's a, a person I work, well, work for, but I, I think I, I changed that to worked for. Okay. Um, who who thinks I screwed them over? Uh, probably because I did. 
uh, and because I worked for Corpos, uh, they they have either an entire city government or agency at their disposal, um, ready to murder or maim me on site. Awesome, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I was really thrilled when I rolled that. Oh, and uh, actually, that's my mistake. Thank you for pointing that out for me. Um, for Chuggy, I, I forgot about what can they throw at you. I did not see that because my page was too zoomed in. Uh, so go ahead and roll me another 2d10. That's my mistake. I'm sorry. Should Mags roll also? Five and eight. Yes, I would also want Mags to roll too. So for your ex-lover... Uh, for your ex-lover, they can throw themselves and 1d10 divided by two friends. Uh, so roll one more d10 for me. We'll divide that by two. Oh, our cameras got off. All right, so they can throw themselves and two people at you. What happened to our cameras? Oh, we lost. We lost, Donut. We lost Raven. Um, all right, so our uh, next one on here, let me double check on that. The uh, government official, so you got an eight on that. So the government official, uh, they can throw a gang lord or a small corporation at you. So you are in trouble with either a gang lord or a small corporation. Oh, I hope it's not the K-pop uh, maelstrom guys that they have. <laughs> Asriel Knox is going to be uh, showing his angry face over here. That was our K-pop star. My goodness, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to let my uh, my former player know about that. That could be interesting. Yeah. Maelstrom. K-pop. K-pop stands just spamming your agent's inbox all day. Just <laughs> d DDoSing your. You can't use it. <laughs> and Mad Mags, uh, you got a nine. So Mad Mags, you can throw a powerful corporation somehow at No, it's I, I got a six first. The okay. nine the nine was the nine plus five. Okay, for gotcha. the 10 plus five. So um you would be backed up by the gang. And I think that again kind of works with uh what Violent Neon had mentioned about having to make sure to vouch for uh for Chuggy's PC. And uh, if Chuggy gets a little too out of line or insults that stuff too hard, maybe you can throw the gang at them. It's pretty scary. All right. Um, now on here, uh, does anybody missing their tragic love affairs? If anybody needs to roll those, roll a 1d10. I had none. None? Oh, lucky. Tragic. Uh, oh. Three, all three? Goodness. Oh my gosh, both of you. Yep. Luckily, we were able to tie one of them together. Okay. I also need to roll those at the when they're done. So seven. So that's going to be zero. You don't have any tragic love affairs somehow. I don't know how Jack Holmes, the rocker boy, has no tragic love affairs, but whatever. Oh, probably plenty of disappointing... Yeah, probably plenty of disappointed ones, just like nothing overly <laughs> tragic. Is, he didn't, he you didn't know, care enough. There's, 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 a lot of them might have died of yeah. old age. 
Oh, uh, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. It got, when it got time to do the deed, he chose the red pill, not the blue pill. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chuggy, do you have uh, do you have to roll for those still? I do not. Yes, I need to do this. I do not have a Mr. Stand. Oh, all right, so also no tragic love affairs. So the both of you are quite lucky, although Jack Holmes seems to be a little bit more disappointing than lucky. <laughs> and uh, wrapping up, we have our last part. Um, these are, not only do we have our life goals, but we also have our role-based -based life paths. So if anybody needs to roll their life goals, or you can choose... You want to choose any of those you can totally do so for any of you that are uh, watching this and following from home in our book we're on page number 53 uh, yeah. opening the book for it <laughs> so I, my goal that I rolled for was to uh, live down my past life and try to forget it um, which I think ties into my most valued thing, which is love and uh, trying to, if I ever want to get my most valued thing, I've got to, you know, live down the, the loss of the people in my past uh, and learn to accept a uh, little trust in relationships. I, when, I, when I went and was rolling mine up, I looked at that and I was like, none of those really work. I rolled it up um, using like 3D10 to say, okay, which of these three works best? I came up with gain fame and recognition. I spin that, uh, but not in the traditional sense, more along the lines of being recognized as the wise shaman of the tribe. I, uh, I went with uh, save anyone else involved in my background and that that could be a generic thing um, for any of the people that we've, we've made ties with already, I want to make sure to keep everybody safe. But also, one of my tragic love affairs was kidnapped. Oh, oh looks like we've got her back. Oh. Okay, a little, little out of order. Hopefully we can get the camera back up and everything should be working okay for the layout. Um, and uh, Chuggy, do you still need to roll for that? If you do, go ahead. Or do you want to choose? Sure, because I think it would be more effectual the 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 fame. Right. Yeah. With your with your character's personality. That Gain fame. Recognition. I, I mentioned that as like one of his main motivations was. So. Gotcha. All right. Now, role based life path is going to be our last section on here. Um, but I would like to, and I know some of you are getting probably just like me, a little little jittery, needing to move a little bit. So we're going to take a uh, quick five-ish minute break. And I will see everybody back on here in just a couple of minutes. Um, I know I definitely need a bio break, and I need to refill my coffee. So ladies and gentlemen who are watching on Twitch, we are going to put up our uh, break screen. Um, I'm going to turn the mics off for today, but in the future, I'm going to leave the mics hot during our break time. That way, if you folks want to interact with any of our audience, you can feel free to do so. Um, but for today, because I'm still getting everything set up, 
not going to be a possibility. So ladies and gentlemen, I will see all of our players in just a few minutes, and everybody in our audience, we will be back shortly.
right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm still on mute. Hold on. Aha. Uh -huh. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Sorry about the uh, little delay there. Um, let's see. I hope all of you enjoyed that, um, that wonderful music. As I mentioned in our chat, we had our music being provided for us by the absolutely excellent Outworld Sounds. Uh, they are going to be the soundtrack for our uh, upcoming sessions as well. You've got the wrong sound up. We are muted for Twitch. That's what Chemistry is Punk just said. Oh, uh, yeah, I fixed that. Everybody okay. Okay. <clears throat> PK313 says, sound up. I took the mute off, and our sound should be good. Can you all hear us? Might also be lagged. That's Thank true. Everyone. Okay, cool. So we're back in. Awesome. Oh, Maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. Um, and in the future, uh, the reason I had to do all those mutings is because I'm still learning all of the... Uh, OBS layouts and stuff, so I will be able to put on the music without having to mute everything at the same time uh, in the future once I learn how to do it. Um, but that being said, we are on <clears throat> one of our last legs here is to take a look at the role-based life paths. Um, so what I'm going to do is, since they've been stuck in the middle the entire time, we are going to start with Calamity as well as Remy, so they're going to start us off. So our solo, have you already rolled your uh, life path, your role-based life path? The role-specific? Uh, yeah, the role-based, uh, role-specific life path. Yes. Um, so, um, like... Working with, um, working within the confines of the of the pack. She's um, aside from like being the pack's personal guardian, whatnot. Um, she freelances um, um, like black ops missions for um, for corporations, whatever. Um, I guess they still seek me out, and there's um, uh, there's whispers here and there um, that. Um, She's kind of around, but not. Um, it, it's just really difficult to get a hold of her. Um, she's willing to bend the rules, um, a law um, a, a, and laws to get the job done. Um, if Militech um, catches wind that um, that she's operational, since um, everything, um, any of the tracking or um, um, or life tracking stuff, uh, tech. That's in, that was implanted in her um, doesn't register. Uh, they'll um, they'll do everything they can within them within their power to to retrieve her as a unit and get her back under heel. Um, her operational territory is um, uh, wherever the money takes her. All right, Remy, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So. Uh... I uh, rolled a jack of all trades as far as my my maker specialty is concerned. Um, I also uh, like to work alone. Um, I also rolled that I design everything on my agent. Uh, I do not have an agent. 
So I would say that I lost the agent that I design everything on on the same day I lost my left hand. Um, uh, my previous clients were corpo execs who used me for black project work. Uh, obviously my current uh, clients are the Nomad Pack. And then uh, I get supplies from scavenging. Uh, and there is an old client probably a corporal exec gunning for me because they think I screw them over, which was a very happy accident in my roles. Now, um, we've got those. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go with our uh, med tech, Mad Max. What do you have? Okay. <clears throat> so... Um, I rolled up uh, trauma med, <clears throat> and I subs I added to that uh, shaman. Uh, got a partner work alone. I chose got a partner. Partner, I rolled up a um. Where is it? I rolled up old friend. And I coupled that with uh, one of the friends that I rolled up being a romantic partner. I put those two together. Uh, workspace. Um, I chose that one based on the nomad path rather than rolling for it to be uh, the um, everything is single use and as compact as possible until needed. Uh, next up was who are your main clients and um, actually worked out that I rolled a five. So local nomads and fixers uh, who would bring you wounded clients. So I said, yeah, the nomad pack, that, that works 100%. I've been here for a while. Uh, where do you get your supplies? <clears throat> uh, again, the roll fit perfectly uh it was salvage the 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 first one the sa salvage from all right our so strip, strip, strip parts and stuff awesome and you're working you said that your partner is your actual partner partner correct Right. The, the the one that used to be in a relationship with uh, Domino just didn't work out. Okay. All right. Our next up, let's go with um, let's go with let's go with T-Ball. I know you've still got some rolls to make, so you want to go ahead and uh, make your rolls. Well, the only roles I have left to do would be the uh, life path based on my uh, my role. But just looking at it, it looks like a lot of those would be like major things about the actual pack, uh, like what they do, how they do it. May I chime in real quick? I, I think maybe we could do these together because I rolled mine up, and if uh, and. I'll go over them, and if you are in agreement with them, both T-Bar and Capricious, then it can kind of be a, a unified thing. Or if we want to readjust what I rolled, we, we can recalibrate from there. 
Well, one of the things that was mentioned by Violent Neon before was this whole idea of, <clears throat> like, a clan is this big, overall, more nebulous kind of thing, but the clan really has a lot of different uh, families that exist within it. And so if there is a difference, maybe the difference is the family specifically that he belongs to and not so much the clan in general. Okay, so I roll mine and it doesn't mesh with his. It's more like I'm just doing something different within the pack typically than him. I can do that. So these are D6s it looks like. Yeah, so go ahead and roll. Uh, it's going to be, first one's going to be a d6. All right, so for yours, you've got how big is your pack? So this is going to be specifically like your, your family. And so you've got a hundred or more numbers. Okay, so the group that you belong to is a lot bigger than a lot of the average size families. So maybe uh, it could be that these folks that you're involved with could have like a military background and that's what brings all of you together. Um, and so you've got hundreds of folks inside your group. And our next one that you have on here, um, you chose that you want to do air, and so the next role that comes up for you is if in the air, what do they do? And you got a five. And so for that one, uh, it's going to be smuggling. Okay, so we've got air smuggling. And uh, let's go to our next one. We've got um, what do you do for your pack? And you've got your two there. So it's going to be an outrider, so protections and weapons for your specific family for smuggling. So I think that works perfectly with the kind of design you were talking about before, with trying to get that air supremacy, make sure that everything goes smoothly. Uh, go ahead and roll another d6. And this is going to be your pack's overall philosophy. Uh, this one says that you are totally evil. Now, this is one of those things where continuity kind of, uh, kind of is a necessary thing in some way, shape, or form to upkeep. So I'm going to uh, take a lesson from Rob, and I'm going to suggest that you go, and go ahead and roll another d6 and choose between the two of their different rolls. So one, always work for good. Your pack accepts others. Just want to get along. So which one do you prefer? Totally good or totally evil? I would say I would let you choose because I feel like I would choose one that, the, the, the totally evil one. And I don't know that that would be what you would pick for the game. Oh. I, so your like he's Eric, he would be more, you know, just we just get the job done. Hmm. Well, so you rage up and down the highways, killing, looting, and terrorizing everybody. Which one do you think would fit more with they just I want think, to get the job done? I, I think I, I'll go with number one. Uh, okay. Very so we've got the totally good. <laughs> just get that job done, except other people. I think that works a little bit better. <laughs> if you had picked that six, I would have let Mag 
mags rage on you. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, right. Yeah. Sounds... You're, you're hating on each other. <laughs> All right. And then for your last roll, who's gunning for your pack? So go ahead and roll one last d6. So you've got dirty politicians. Okay, so you are smuggling. Hmm? And I have a dirty government official as my enemy. It works perfectly. So there we go. We've got your uh, we've got your background here. Um, you're going to be flying. You've got hundreds of people in your family. You run specifically as the outrider for protection. Uh, your uh, your family itself is usually focused on getting the job done. You're accepting of other people. They just kind of want to get along with others, which would work with integrating into, um, oh, goodness gracious, my brain is going, into Domino's family and uh, the clan in general. Um, and then finally, we've got this uh, dirty politicians trying to gun for you. And maybe it could, it could be because of your involvement in this... Uh, this uh, angry politician that you made quite pissed off earlier. I think that all works out pretty well. Okay, excellent. Um, let's go over, uh, let's go to our other nomad and let's get that background information. What do you have for us? All right, so uh, before I go super into this, uh, I, I, I did the roles and then I kind of added a little fluff to it. Do you want me to, is it okay to go ahead and mention that stuff now or save that for later? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So uh, I, I rolled that it's a land-based go gang uh, called the Pack, and they're led by the Snyders, so the, they're the leaders of the Pack. And because it's a go gang, the, the lead family, they all ride motorcycles, uh, but everybody else kind of does different things here or there. And uh, the Pack size is about 40 to 50. And my role specifically, which ties perfectly with T-Bar, is, again, the Outrider Protection and Runners. So making sure that the path that we're taking is protected. And now that I'm covering the land, T-Bar is covering the air, we're a unit making sure that the path for the rest of the clan is ready. And then um, the pack, as far as what I rolled, is willing to bend the rules whenever they get in the way of what the pack needs. So it's it's for the greater good. We'll, we'll bend the rules if we have to. And then the ones that are gunning for us, are drug runners and i think this also ties in well with uh both i think it ties in well with mags because mags is getting the same ingredients but doing good stuff with them and also we've now deprived because we are working on his rehabilitation we've deprived the drug runners of their main clientele with the deadbeat rocker boy gotcha that sounds very solid excellent um, and uh, as I mentioned to uh, Furious George, um, his uh, his Snyder family is actually based off of a song. Do you want to go ahead and share your song with the with our uh, Twitch viewers here? So, uh, Twisted Sister uh, covered "Leader of the Pack" uh, way back when, and so I thought it would be hilarious to have a Nomad Pack called the Pack, led by the Snyders, and so the the head person, the one leading, is called Mama Snyder and looks identical to uh, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, and uh, Mama Snyder actually has uh, two offspring, and they are Dee Dee, who's, uh, who's a she-her uh, gender 
descriptor, and uh, Dexter, who is a he-him uh, gender descriptor, and Dexter is actually a person is my enemy, and it's just we don't get along, so we try to avoid each other if possible. Um, but I that that I, I thought it would be hilarious to have both Dee Dee and Dexter from Dexter's Lab, but have Dee Dee also reference D Snyder. So yeah, I think it's excellent. It's a, it's a lovely little mixture of all these different pieces together. I think it's great. And uh, let's go on for our rocker boy. Do you have anything you need to roll? Or are you all set? Um, I'm pretty much all set. Where's it gone? Um, like, so I figured a lot of this, with him being so uh, like well, significantly older than the rest of the player characters, I figured having this worked out would be quite integral to the backstory. Um, coming into the time of the red um so yeah i mean musician solo act um he mostly plays dive bars now um occasional ribbon cutting for a supermarket that's pretty much all he does these days um he, he does who's gunning for him um back when he ran with his clan originally in the in the 20s um there was a romantic interest who was actually um co-credited with a lot of the songs that were on the one album they put out that was like really big um and she wrote a lot of the songs with him um whilst the head of the gang didn't like the head of the clan didn't want to see him go at the time but sort of accepted his decision um she was less accepting um and has hated him for abandoning her and the clan ever since um, whether she's still with the clan or not completely up to you gm awesome awesome um and so who was that that uh you were mentioning about whether or not they're involved in the clan who was that again it would be the romantic interest um that he he co-wrote a lot of this a lot of, a lot of his more famous and like popular songs were um you know it was it was a sort of lennon mccartney situation almost um she she played on a lot of the stuff as well and uh yeah she 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 never accepted his reasons for leaving um basically screamed bloody murder and said like you're abandoning me you're abandoning us um, for the for the corpse, the people that we always told you that you hate, what are you doing? Um, it was probably only the the fact that the the guy who is now head of the clan, his friend was able to talk her down that um, something more dire didn't happen at the time, like restraint, so to speak. And what we were actually talking about over the break, which would be hilarious, is in the start of the first game when uh, they're just waking up from the OD from Mad Max doing what they think. There's Mama Snyder standing over in stereotypical angry D. Snyder saying, now, the the drug addiction and that that's that's got to stop because we're not going to take it anymore. And you're going to do right and be good from here on out. 
That's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> we're not going to take it anymore. No, <laughs> no we're not. No, yeah, no, no way we're not. No. That may or may not be the PAX motto. We um, ain't going to um, take it. And on that wonderful note of bringing up ancient music, we've got our uh, wonderful vampire bites um, for our medtech mad mags. Do you have anything left to roll or no? I should be all covered. All right, go ahead and tell us a little bit about, or go ahead and go over your uh, specific life path. We did. My brain is going. All right. So my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as I mentioned before, this is my first time ever running a Twitch stream. So my brain is kind of everywhere. It's it. it and, and it needs to be able to go in all directions. It's totally understandable. Getting used to that. Yeah, um, I, I will. But, I will uh, to, to recap, to, to recap for your notes, to recap for your notes, mm. uh, trauma medic partnered with romantic partner. Yeah. Workspace, everything is possible. Everything at everything possibly is as single use and stored compactly as possible until needed. Clients are the nomad pack, and supplies are scavenged um, partly from the other nomads going out and 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 hitting runs and whatever and scavenging, but also whenever she goes along with some of the missions as well to scavenge. And who is gunning for, for you? That is not part of the medic life path I that I could was. see. Gunning for him now. I'm gunning for him. Yeah, I mean, there there, there is T-Bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's not on there. My goodness. I thought it was a part of that from when I was setting up... Um, Doc Mud. All right, I guess not. I might, again, my brain's just going stupid. Um, so this and, actually, and whether that's a whether that's an oversight on Artel's part or intentional on Artel's part, I don't know. Artel Sorian has no oversights. <laughs> they are perfect. <laughs> we're not worried. Yeah, who guns for the med? That, that's why we're. That's why we're on version one point two four of the PDF. Yeah, I think I still. I'm, I'm stuck in an older version, so I, I gotta, I gotta find those. Uh, I gotta find the updates. Um, I, I, to be uh, fair, it yeah. kind of makes logical sense not to gun for the med techs because they're number one, the people that right. can put you back together, and number two, they can make drugs to kill you when you're not paying attention. So yeah, nobody would be. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark future, but not dark enough to gun for the for the medics. Right. Unlike Shadow, we're not geek, we're, don't geek the mage first. Don't geek the med tech first. Well, this actually uh, this brings us uh, pretty much to the uh, the tail end of um, our session zero. One thing that I wanted to uh, bring back up um, is uh, what I had mentioned before, and uh, in case any of our viewers were not here yet. Um, is the fact that this game is going to be using a lot of outside supplements. Um, for those of you who are viewers, uh, please feel free to uh, submit your stuff either through Discord. You can contact me on there. Uh, you can shout us out on uh, Facebook or even out on Reddit. Um, but I've also gotten emails uh, from a couple of other community members that have sent stuff in. And I'm super eager to use uh, what our community has made. 
Um, and one of the things that was actually mentioned, I believe, by Vampire Bites was talking about like the, the progression, the IP. Um, and one of the systems that I actually picked up was a community-made system. And so I'm going to let our players, as well as our audience, know a little bit about this. Um, is that the, uh, the system is based on the three core principles of cyberpunk. And so I'm going to pull this up really quick. And I'm going to uh, let our, uh, I'm going to toss the link out there if anybody else wants to check this out. Because this is the system that I actually used uh, for my personal game because it was pretty awesome. And I will also be using on our game. And so I've sent out that link for um, anybody else to check this out. But the core principles of cyberpunk is focused on um, style over substance, attitude is everything, living on the edge, and rule number four of the three core principles is breaking the rules. Okay, and so when it comes to uh, our progression throughout the campaign, uh, we're going to be focusing on these three core principles of cyberpunk and building up our progression based on that. And the reason that I'm actually using this system, number one, is because it's community made. Number two, because it was made by uh, Fragment2501. Uh, um, they're a very active user with our Discord, and so I want to give them a shout out. Um, and the reason that I want to use this specifically is because I think this is a better progression system than the one that's actually in the book. By focusing on these core principles, it gives our players motivation to do the ridiculous, not just do the safe options. It incentivizes and pushes people to break those rules, to be a little bit more on the edge because they are edge runners. And as a core principle for this game, as we progress on into the future, um, all of our community members and our players are going to see that this is a world that is pretty freaking terrifying. There's going to be uh, horror, there's going to be action, there's going to be uh, mystery, there's going to be drama, there's going to be, of course, tons of roleplay opportunity as well. And by using these core principles, it pushes not only the players, but also me to incorporate those more. And so I want to use that system, and so I've linked that out for all of you on our Twitch chat. If you folks want to check that out, it's on our website, the core principles of cyberpunk. Now, the next thing that I want to mention for uh, everybody is this whole idea of um, nomads. Now, our core rulebook does not have a ton of information about what's going on outside of Night City. And so I want to mention to everybody in our audience that there's going to be a lot of homebrew. There's going to be a lot of um, creations literally by our players and by me as we progress on in the future. And one of the things that I'm actually hoping to do is to get together uh, a map similar to the one that our wonderful uh, Rob Mulligan was using in his show yesterday. I want to get a roadmap of the United States and I'm actually going to be building out that roadmap to show 
what is out there other than just Night City. And the reason that we're going to do that is because our players are going to be experiencing much more than just California. We're going to have a chance to go to Washington, Texas, drive all the way out to where Chuggy's at in Chicago. Maybe they'll drive out to the East Coast where Vampire Bites is at. We can go anywhere in the country. We could even go to places like Mexico and Canada. We might even go out into the Pacific and the Atlantic. So this game is going to be a much wider build than just Night City. And that's something that I greatly look forward to building, not only with our players, but also in the future with our community. And so that's going to be a big feature of what's going to be on Cyberpunk Uncensored Goes Nomad. Now, a final reminder for everybody before we close out is that our upcoming sessions, session one through the end, are going to be containing sensitive material. If you are under the age of 18, this is not for you. <laughs> okay, Based on the laws of your local country, like I know here in uh, Taiwan where I'm living, uh, it's 16 and under, and so I know some of my students may or may not be watching some of this, um, but if they are under 16, that's no. Um, but depending on where you're at, this could be uh, something that is age-restricted. And the reason that it is age-restricted is because there's going to be foul language, there's going to be violence, there's going to be allusions to sex. But as we covered at the beginning of our session, we do have things that are just going to sometimes be a fade to black. It's not going to be super detailed. Okay, so I want to remind everybody of our viewers about that, whether you're on Twitch, on YouTube, or wherever else, please be aware that this content is going to be more for a mature audience, okay? Now, <clears throat> before we close this out and we do our sign-offs, is there anything that any of you want to add about our upcoming sessions? No, you guys are all set. Okay, so um, what I'd like to uh, let our community members know, the tail end of the bad states pun jokes. Yeah, we'll see about Florida people going on later. <clears throat> Maybe we might encounter some Florida man. Oh. Miami, so. Not where I was going with that. So, so the Furious George asked, said something about Alaska. And so I said, yeah, let's ask her. Ask her. <laughs> Yeah, Alaska might be an opportunity. Really bad pun joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, After we started on puns. And uh, Furious George, there may or may not be people covered in baby oil and shaving cream tackling women in the park. We don't know, okay? <laughs> we don't know. That was in Night City. We're going to be exploring more than just the city. So who knows? It was in your Night City. We'll yes. We won't talk about last week. <laughs> Um, and actually, that um, that that reminds me, um, uh, Chuggy, as well as Vampire Bites and Rob, we've got lots of other DMs and GMs that run their games and have been running their games, as well as uh, people like um, Tormented by Gnomes, ELH. We've got uh, the Wandering DM. We've got tons and tons of wonderful GMs and DMs all over the spectrum with tons of other games. And this is what I'd like to let our community know, is that part of this upcoming campaign for us is going to be a bit of a shared universe. Some of the people and some of the locations that have been mentioned in some of the other streams and games will be popping up inside our game. 
when we look at issues that occurred um, within one of my favorite episodes of uh, Tormented by Gnomes, we had the uh, the Clown Circus that was in uh, in Pacifica. If our community remembers, we actually had a supplement released on um, April 1st that was talking about the bozos coming back to town because it's all part of a small shared little universe. And yes, the cyberpunk, cyberpunk cinematic universe, yes. Um, so what's going on with other folks and other games, some of it might be showing up in ours. Um, but that being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's do our little sign-offs. And I'm going to go and start from the bottom and work our way back up. So Violent Neon, go ahead and share with us. Hi, I'm Violent Neon. I'm greatly looking forward to this game. I don't have any socials to put up, but you guys might be able to convince me to set up a Twitter later. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. See you all next week. Awesome, Vampire Bites. I'm Vampire Bites. I run a Cyberpunk Red actual play on Sunday nights. Uh, starting tomorrow, guest guest spot will be held, held by Capricious Nature. Uh, so tune in for that over on my channel. Um, I haven't completely bought into the CUCU uh, yet uh, because I'm not directly affiliated. Um, I'm just very active in the Discord, which I love. Uh, as far as other socials, yeah, I've got them. I don't pay attention to them, so I don't worry about sharing them. Uh, but you can find them over on my uh, Twitch channel. And I also did a Cyberpunk-related generators uh, featuring an open API. You can use Swagger to load that up and generate your own front end for it, or you can just load it in a browser and it'll spit out the um, data in a human-readable format. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Johnny Drop. Johnny Drop, you can uh, you can find me here every uh, every Saturday, seven to ten p.m. Central Time, uh, or over on the uh, Cyberpunk and Center Dis uh, Discord as Johnny Drop. That's about it. Super stoked to be here, and uh, hope to see you all next week. Awesome. Donna? Hi, I'm Raven. Um, I don't really stream. Um, I'm relatively new to this. Um, the only other stream I've done was with um, Reservoir Panda. Um, you can find me on um, on, the, on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord under um, Donna Trece Cuevo. Um, just, I'm looking forward to this. and It's really um, a, an, an interesting um, a theme, so I'm really looking forward to this. Some chuggy. Uh, looking forward to the game. Excited for next week. Uh, I do stream on Twitch at uh, Chuggy three hundred five uh, on Twitch. Probably too many times a week. Read a bunch of D and D uh, and games. So uh, hope to see everybody next week. Captain Mark. Um, twitch.tv forward slash Captain Mark 87. No, Captain Mark 7 for the Twitch. At Captain Mark 87 for Twitter. Because somebody took 87 on Twitch. And I'll find you. Okay, I will find you. 
But in all seriousness, um, probably going to be running a. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do it on on I'll upload to Twitch. Um, but it's going to be an audio format because I'm running it with my best friend who's camera shy. So we're thinking more of a podcast format, but we'll we'll put it on Twitch and you know get it out to as many platforms as possible. Um, going to be running the new Fallout TTRPG when it gets released. Um, an audio version, just literally me, GM, and my friend Andy as the sole player um, to try and capture a. Uh, uh, the feel of you know actually playing a Fallout game where you are the sole player. So I'll have to tweak the rules a little bit, and I'm 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 working out as I go along. Um, but it should be good. I'll I'll get a keep coming back here every week and um and watching us here. This game uh, is very promising. Uh, you're all lovely people. Thank you for having me, everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll give you an ETA on that Fallout game when I know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our absolutely wonderful crew here. We've got a ton of extremely talented and extremely eager players. I am extremely eager, but not extremely talented, so I'm hoping I can steal some talent from our players as well as from our community and the uh, wonderful folks that are working with us at Cyberpunk Uncensored. Um, as you all can see, we are on Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch channel. Um, we are all involved with Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord channel as well. You can see those comments posted up um, on our chat every couple of minutes. Uh, so please, please, please come and join us. If you have any ideas or you're a fellow GM and you maybe made your own little supplements, uh, please feel free to include those and share those with us. Um, on Cyberpunk Uncensored, I am now a GM. I'm a team member. I lead up the screen sheets. I'm working with a ton of talented writers and graphics artists that are making tons of wonderful things for us to share out with the community. We have a new screen sheet that's actually going to be coming out later today. Um, I did not get it posted this morning because I was trying to learn OBS in the last minute. Um, so that'll be posted up very soon. Um, and I wanted to give a big shout out to Rob Mulligan. Um, Rob, I hope you are still here. Um, I know every single person on here, uh, we all appreciate what you've done. Um, and I especially have vastly appreciated everything that you have done, not only for the community, but also for me. Um, I've never been able to tell it to you in person, so I'm telling it to you now through video. Thank you so much for Cyberpunk Uncensored. You are freaking awesome. Team No Sleep, good luck. Um, with all of that said, with our uh, content, we're going to be using vaps, or maps from Valstoys, also known as Red Dragon. We're going to have music provided to us by Helix Code over at Outworld Sounds. We're going to have community supplements made by you, our viewers, and fellow GMs. And I will be here GMing our game. My name is Zach, also known as Capricious Nature. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure to have Session Zero with all of you. And hopefully I will see all of you again next week. Same bat time, same bat place, over here on Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.
Cyberpunk Uncensored. That was awesome. Boom. Oh.